I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode, I lost the tab, episode 511 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on December 11th. Some 11 synergy there. That's pretty great. I am Chris. Joining me as per usual, I have the typical band of misfits. We'll start first with Mr. Willie D. Nelson. Hey, that's me. That is you. That's good. How are you this morning, Willie? High five. Uh, Could be better, but still doing all right. That's fine. And then we are also joined by the one, the only, Mr. Anthony Bachman. All Frosty Man high fives in the Frosty Man costume from DVD. I do like that. Have you seen that, Willie? If you high five in a Frosty Man, you get a snowflake. No. I've been busy with the other games. I, I think <laughs> I missed... Not that I don't like that game. It's just I've been having been busy with other games taking up my attention. So if you're watching right. on video right now, you probably see that I missed the memo to wear a red or an orange shirt today. Yeah, you did. So next Dude, time, I mean, please include me in the memo. Day. I mean, I could, I could take it off. No, nobody wants that. No, nobody wants no, that. No, no. Okay. No, I'm no. Just, <laughs> Chris is out there complaining like a little... I wasn't complaining. I just want to be included in these... Uh, in these things going forward. We so always we regret can, on 11s. Duh. We can coordinate appropriately. I wouldn't have worn my CM Punk t-shirt had <laughs> I known. Stop trying to make fetch a thing, Bachman. <laughs> I do what I want. Whatever. I do what I want. Oh, I Chris doesn't get the reference. Chris doesn't no, get the reference. Fetch is from Mean Girls. I got the reference. There you go. He got the reference. I got the reference. You can't just ask someone if they're hey. black, Chris. Hey, I got that reference. Yeah. Hey, I got that reference. My fingers are That's not firmly on the pulse oh of pop God. culture, okay. but they're close. Yeah, going around and banging. We I didn't finish the <laughs> statement because I'm not that out of touch. I'm slightly out of touch, though, because I don't understand these You're social out media of touch. things. I'm out of like, mind. Like I, I still don't get TikTok. I mean, aside from the fact it's Chinese spyware, I don't get TikTok. Oh, yeah, I get TikTok. I just don't fucking use it. Yeah, I guess that's the better way yeah. of putting it. Is, is like, TikTok I is just Vine. I don't understand the appeal. It's, it, it's Vine and Instagram Reels. Yeah. Okay, no one gives a shit about Instagram Reels, even In, when it no, came no. out. Instagram does, because they've kind of put all their emphasis no longer on pictures, but on video content. All right, like, anyone that matters doesn't care about Instagram Reels. Oh, Willie oh. says, I don't matter. Cool. Did you what ever care about Instagram Reels? Willie says Peter Scredda of Ordinary Adventures doesn't matter since he was talking oh, about it the other day. Rude. rude. I have no idea who that is, so yes, I don't give a shit about them. Wow. That's mostly because I don't know who it is. Maybe if I found out. He also, didn't he also found uh, Slash Film? Yeah, he's Mr. Slash Film. Yeah. Um, all those videos that I retweet, Ordinary Adventures, Willie, that's uh Will, Willie doesn't wife. follow, Willie doesn't read Twitter unless we be on literally Twitter add now? him. Jesus yeah. Christ, you're asking a lot of me. If you want you Willie are... to see something on Twitter, you have to at him, and then he might see it. Yeah. No, you actually are Oh, on no, Twitter. I will see it you're if you at me. looking at your Twitter. If you at I... Listen, I get enough push notifications from Twitter that is ridiculous. Do you, do you think I... I don't follow Fox News, but every at least once a day, I get a thing that something Fox News posts. Yeah, it's Papa Elon's Twitter. That's how it works now. You get like, sent what? a bunch of shit I, I you don't, don't care, care about. I don't care. 
there's yeah. other like there's other examples like I don't follow this person. Why am I getting a push notification oh, from them? Uh, I was listening to uh, All Fast Air thing. Uh, who was it? Uh, I think it was. Oh, I can't think of the comedian that was on there, but he's like. Not only do I not follow the motherfucker, I haven't blocked. I haven't blocked in every conceivable way possible on Twitter, and I still open up Twitter and see tweets from him. Yeah, it's fucking awful what he's doing with that thing. And yep. yeah, I just, uh, there's no reasonable replacement yet. Mastodon's not sucks. it. Post isn't it. Uh, Hive isn't it, considering they did a terrible job of storing PII. Why do oh. you need social media? Uh, to promote our podcast and share like-minded opinions with others. Well, Chris, Chris, I wasn't asking you. I was asking this guy who's looking for, uh, uh, you know, a different means of doing it. What? Why do you need one? Because I need to know what Dan Slott and Ryan Otley are doing at all times. That's fair. I like following creators. Someone needs. Uh, someone needs a uh, restraining order. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, honestly, I what... got Dan Slott. He's a tiny little guy too. I can pick him up and just carry him away. What it comes down don't say that live on air. <laughs> what it comes down to for the social media stuff is it's not necessarily me needing to say things to people is why I enjoy it. It's more I enjoy reading takes or successes of people that I follow. Like some folks in professional wrestling spheres, I enjoy seeing their successes. I enjoy seeing them be like, hey, I'm going to be at this convention or I'm doing this kind of stuff and be like, oh, shit, I might be able to make it to that convention, stuff like that. I mean, Dan Slott's written over, I think... I want to say he broke the 300 issue. I think he's done over 300 issues of Spider-Man. The guy's written more Spider-Man than anybody in the world. He is my favorite Spider-Man writer above Stanley, which, like, Stan created the character. It's hard to beat that. But Dan Slott, I think, has told the best Spider-Man stories. The dude has done amazing things with that character. I've had conversations with him about Spider-Man on Twitter. Like, I, I couldn't have done that if without social media. I've never been to a New York con. I don't go to the cons he goes to because he stays East Coast. And then with guys like Ryan Otley and them, like, between Twitter and Instagram, I've seen more comic book or more convention sketches than I would ever be able to physically see in my life from going That's to true. the cons. Because a lot of artists just tweet out, they finish the con a commission, they take a picture of it, and they give it to the person that paid for it, and they pop it up in their socials. Yeah, for for that alone, that's I mean that's the one of the main reasons I like social media is because I can see so much artwork that I would never get a chance to see in in person. People go buy commissions from artists at cons. Like the artist sees the commission and then the person takes it and takes it home and puts it on their wall. And a lot of times, if those person if those people don't put it on social media, no one would ever see that commission. And there are some great and weird commission artwork out there. Yeah, there are. That you would not get to see without stuff like Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. there's a guy out there to con. Not not going to name any names. Some artists told me they didn't want to do a, a commission sketch for him. But this guy's whole sketchbook, I have one that's all New Warriors. So you can draw any New Warriors character in it. That's my only requirement. It's a sketchbook full of New Warriors commissions. This guy had a sketchbook that he was taking to cons to get people to draw Wonder Woman on the toilet. He didn't care like what art style or what was in the image as long as it was Wonder Woman on a toilet. There's some weird shit out there, man. Probably would approve. 
Th- there's some cool stuff out there that like you can get custom. Mm-hmm. Like my wife got one done custom years ago. It's before she was actually my wife, but I, I love it. And she she got the one with Wonder Woman on the toy. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's actually a it's Jean Luc Picard in next gen uniform, and like he's buried to the waist up in tribbles, and like you see him trying to push himself off the floor to get out of the triple <laughs> pile, and it's just hilarious to me. It's slightly nice. cartoony the way it was done, but it, it's perfect and it's hilarious. And every time I look at it, I smile and I go, you know, there's not a lot of people that ask for something weird like that. So I like seeing weird stuff like that. And I also like going to these artists and be like, I love your style. I want you to draw something that sounds interesting to you though. Don't let me tell you what I want. Draw something that nobody would ask you for that you think would be fun to do. And I've gotten a cool yeah. few cool ones that way that were like, oh shit, this could be awesome. And then I come back later. I'm like, okay. And then I come back. I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. I said, I still love one of my favorite sketches I ever got is the very first one I got in my new warrior sketchbook. It's a convention sketchbook. And the first person I took it to is Derek Robertson. Mm-hmm. who did Transmetropolitan and The Boys. And for a while there, I think he worked on The New Warriors for maybe like four or five years. And so when he worked on New Warriors, he wasn't a huge name yet. But me being a New Warriors fan, I know all the artists that worked on that book. And so when I came up to him and I was like, you know, I'm get, I'm starting a convention sketchbook. I would like to get it started with New Warriors. Do you want to draw a New Warrior? He's like, wait, you let me draw a New Warrior? Like he was excited yeah. because of all the years he he had just they were working on like the third issue of Happy, so all the guy drew was like ultra violent, bloody, <laughs> you know, murder stuff, which he's great at. He's I mean the guy drew the boys. He draws ultra violence amazingly well, but he was so happy to sit and draw just like a torso sketch of Speedball because it didn't have any blood or guts or anything in it, like. I saw his like his price list of what he was charging people. He charged me, I think, 40 bucks for the convention sketch. He filled a page in a sketchbook that's like 12 inches by 18 inches. Like it was not like a little torso. Like it was freaking huge. And yeah, he worked on it for probably an hour. And yeah, it's like 40 bucks. It's like I looked at his convention list like he should have been charging me like $120 for what he just drew. <laughs> but he was so happy to do it. And like, you know, I mean, you know, stuff like that is just it's fantastic. I, I love getting convention and no, sketches. This is yeah. not us telling you how to scam an artist to get more than you've paid for. This is us being like, hey, <laughs> you can get really cool stuff if you're like, hey, just mm. give me something that's outside the norm of what it's you've been not, doing. Yeah, that it's not a scam. No, it's not a scam. Here's the difference. Artists have those lists so that they know what to charge and that people have expectations when you come up to their desk. But if you take someone like Scotty Young, who draws the Marvel Babies, and you ask him very specifically for a Marvel baby, he's got a set price, what he's going to charge you. If you ask him to draw the the main character from, oh, I can't remember what it's called, like, fuck it, Fantasyland or whatever, the fantasy character he did, if you ask him to draw that character, and she can be telling someone to go mother fluff themselves, <laughs> like, he might have a little more fun with that because that's his character. If you get someone to draw, if you ask someone to draw something and they're more excited about it, you're going to get more bang for your buck. That's just the way it works in artwork. If you're, if you ask someone to draw something, they need that, they need that convention sketch money. They're going to draw what you request, but if they don't want to draw what you request, you're not going to get the best of that artist's work in that sketchbook. Yeah. Yeah, It's so weird to me. There's a whole book out there of Wonder Woman on the toilet. It's so strange. It's weird, but it's also strangely funny at the same time. I mean, it's not my taste at all for what I would want. Yeah. But can you imagine just the reaction from some artist when you're like, hey, this is what I want? They're like, the hell? Oh, and plus the fun part is, I mean, whenever they're handing that sketchbook to someone, they get to flip through and look at the other convention sketches too. Yeah. 
Like that that's the thing now with my book. Like I think Scotty Young is the only big New Warriors care artist that I haven't got in my New Warriors book. But like I've got some really good artists in there. I got Steve Lieber in there who created uh he turned Speedball into Penance. He was the one who designed the Penance character. I got a Penance sketch from him. I got um Ryan Otley did Microbe and made him look like a badass, which is hilarious because in the comic the joke was that he's this kind of overweight character who's like the least superhero looking of any new warrior ever. And he actually controls microbes. And so like he sends germs at people and like Ryan Otley made him look like a guy that was like, you know, going to kick your ass in a bar fight because he's Ryan Otley and that's what he does. And so it was hilarious what he did with them. And then, yeah, I've got Derek Robertson in there. I've got a bunch of them from uh, Joel Jones who worked on amazing or uh, ultimate Spider-Man. That that con book is awesome. Yeah, when you hand it to an artist, one of the first things they do is like, "Can I look through it?" And when they see what other artists have done, it's so much fun to like see the reaction you get. Sometimes they're like, "Oh shit, you got this artist to draw this character, badass." I mean, uh, uh, Ryan Copeland. Wait, is it Ryan? Uh, I follow too many people. The guy that's working on <laughs> Full there. Tilt, who I uh, I retweeted his stuff all the time. He doesn't do superhero stuff hardly ever. He did kill all monsters, uh, giant monsters and giant robots fighting. He's working on his book that's coming out next year, uh, uh, Full Tilt, uh, Jason Copeland. And I got him to draw a speedball. And so I have one of the very few, like, he doesn't do superheroes. And so I got a guy who doesn't draw superheroes to draw a superhero. And so it's kind of cool to see his take on it because it's not something he normally does. I need to get back to inventions. (laughs) That's the whole point. (laughs) So I'm cautiously optimistic there's a local convention here that's literally like 30 minutes up the road from my house and I couldn't make it this last weekend when they had their one day event. It's a toy and comic show. And I was really bummed, but I was on their Facebook page and like, Hey, tweet us your dream list of people that you want to have here. And I wrote Dan Housen and all the convention guy responded back <laughs> yeah. to me was a winky face emoji. I was like, shit, Dan Housen might be coming. I'm so oh. excited. Dan Housen. Oh, it's sad. We've had a couple of little ones try to pop up here in Boise and there's just not enough people here. And so it's kind of sad because they've had like three different companies try to do comic book conventions Mm -hmm. and they've all been 99% media conventions with like two comic artists. Yeah. And then we have an, we have an anime con here that does pretty well, but it's very small. Well, this one's a predominantly a toy show, but they also dabble in having some VIP guests and things like that. So there's some comic stuff from what they showed, but it was mostly like a toy show, which I'm not really in the, I'm not really in the secondary market for most toys. I enjoy the hunt, but it would be for like $10 to get in. I was like, man, I would love to go up there and just look through and see what all is there. And I mean, hell, if Danhausen is going to be there, I got a stack of stuff I want to take and be like, Danhausen, I need you to sign these for me so I can put them back on my wall. <laughs> Danhausen, I need you to sign a jar of teeth. Right. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Danhausen. So I'm hoping that no he does shit. actually end up coming to this. Sorry. What, Willie? No shit. <laughs> you would enjoy Danhausen if you watched his content, I bet. I don't watch wrestling. You don't have to watch wrestling to be a Danhausen fan. Yeah. Doubt. Press an X. That's fair. He's a funny dude. He's very nice and he's very evil. Very nice and very evil. Very what, evil. Does it change when he comes out in the ultra evil Danhausen like we saw at Full He has Gear? different music. Yeah, but is it like very evil, somewhat nice? I don't even think it does the very nice, very evil stuff. Okay. He just stabs that's, people in the head with spikes. That shit was awesome. Like, yeah. I, the fact, just the whole concept of pouring a jar of teeth into someone's mouth is the weirdest fucking thing 
outside of Orange Cassidy. Like Look, it's just the strangest. The concept. logic makes sense because there are <laughs> teeth in the human body. You're not adding a foreign object that could get you disqualified to someone's face, to someone's body. You're That's just true. putting it's more teeth in there object. and punching them. It, but in I say I just want to move that forward and have a wrestler come out and actually beat people to death with a femur. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, with that logic, it's it's just a piece of another human. It's not a foreign object. It's not metal. It's not plastic. It is foreign to their body. Well, so is the teeth that Dan House is using, but apparently exactly it works my in wrestling point. rules. You're both wrong. <laughs> I'm not a referee in any professional wrestling promotion. I'm. I am. Uh, what promotion do you referee for, Willie? Prove it. It's What's, called Prove It Wrestling. I've never heard of that promotion. No, you prove I'm not. <laughs> the burden of proof is on you, sir. Yeah, the burden not here of to... negligence is on you. We're not here to prove a negative. You have to prove a positive. I'm proving you're wrong. But you're not. You're just using an elaborate mm-hmm. word salad to not answer the question. All right, fine. If you really want me to do it. All right. Are those teeth their own teeth? They could be. I don't know. But are they? Maybe. But are Nobody they? Maybe. I don't know. know the answer. I don't know where he gets his teeth from. You think Dan? he went to their mother and got their children's teeth that fell out? All Dan has it might be the type of person to chase someone around and get all their, key, all their teeth as they're growing up just to then use them against them in a fight. I mean, fight. it's heavily implied he gets Actually, the hold... teeth from Dr. Britt Baker DMD, but who knows? Okay, I have a <laughs> real question here. A real question here. Do parents just throw away the, the children's teeth that fall out? Do they just throw them away? Like, what I mean, they might teeth? keep some, but... Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Like, all these teeth. Where are they going? We have 8 billion people on this planet now. Where are those teeth well, going? I mean, they'll eventually degrade. Yeah, I mean, it's bone. Basically, yeah. There's there's a bunch of teeth in all of the landfills of America. Yeah. Oh, there's a weird concept. Like, just somewhere, like, just a patch of land that's just full of teeth. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. if you ever oh, have walking on those, they could dissolve them too. Supposedly, you could supposedly you could leave a baby tooth in Coca Cola for twenty four hours, and it basically dissolves. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad we have those great Coke fields where we can just drop these teeth just to disintegrate to nothing. I mean, it's pretty acidic. Most sodas and stuff. Like, I, I mean, are you aware of the fact that this are is something? They? Yeah, exactly. Uh, for those on audio, Willie's drinking his Mountain Dew right now. He's our Dew do aficionado. But what I was told by not. our D.A.R.E. officer in third grade, those of you that are older will know what that is. Young kids will not. But this was when we had our drug resistance whatever officer that would come and teach us about how to say no to drugs in elementary school. It didn't work, they found out, but whatever. He That's made a point Chris. to saying, you know how they clean up a lot of crime scenes? And we went, no. He goes, we keep a 12-pack of Coke in the back, and we pour that on the bloodstains and stuff when we're done. Because it's corrosive enough and stuff like that that it basically cleans it up. This is more like for things in the streets, mm. for accidents and things like that. Not there, what you would do in a house, obviously. But There's better ways of doing oh, that. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Then Coke. Really? Bear in mind, I was in fourth grade at the time, so we're talking 30-plus yeah, years there ago. there as well. Let's look at the numbers. How many people didn't do drugs who did who did dare? Oh, wait, it's the opposite way. Fuck. I don't think it really made that's Reagan's America, everybody. I don't think it really made a difference one way or another. If someone wanted to do drugs, the dare classes, it might have for the couple years around when you did that. But when you got older, I doubt there was someone who was 17, 18, like, oh, my God, Officer X told me this and dare. I shouldn't smoke weed. I really doubt that was the case. 
just a personal it's not even it's highly unlikely. There, there's maybe 10 kids out there that didn't actually try drugs at a party because of a dare program. I mean, I'd say be 10. Honest. And it was also some of the stuff they tried to tell you was dead wrong. I mean, it's if you smoke yeah. weed once, you'll get addicted. You don't want to smoke the marijuana's. And I was like, yeah. I don't think that's how that works. I mean, they said the same thing about alcohol. Like your first drink that basically sets you on the slippery slope to getting addicted. I'm like, but I that's know closer plenty, to true than what alcohol- they said about weed. Yeah, I was my like, first I know- alcoholic drink was Smirnoff Ice. Yeah. <laughs> did you get iced? Is that why it happened, or did you pick? No. It? Uh. I was a fucking dipshit kid. Did Did you so ever participate in icing people? No, because it's stupid as fuck. No, it's fun. Tailgating and icing <laughs> people is fun. I'm not gonna make someone drink something they don't want to. <laughs> I don't go around forcing things upon people. I did with Smirnoff Isis. Because I'm not going to be forced to do shit. You had to pre- you had to say you were going to play the game. That's how it worked. If you didn't play the game, you didn't get iced. That's how we played it, at least. Or you could just drink and have fun without fucking over your friends. We were ha- drinking and having fun. It was tailgating. This is I when- said without fucking over your friends it was I only really people... forgetting what it's like to be in hold your on. 20s hold on this was people that said they wanted to play 20s that's funny this was people that said they wanted <laughs> to play the game <laughs> i would say 20s is when it's the specific time where it's not only do you want to drink but you want to fuck over your friends would... while drinking let's just let me clarify i went to a party school so you can probably read between the lines there <laughs> <laughs> chris went to a fall down college i graduated with a 3.25 when i was all said and done plenty good enough for me I graduated. <laughs> Look, it may pay to get A's, <laughs> but C's get degrees, my friends. I know my alphabet. Nope. And look, here's here's the life lesson I learned for any any youngins that might be watching our show, which I doubt there are. You can work your ass off in college, get a bunch of A's, B's, things like that. That'll help you for your first job, post-college. For your second job, no one cares what your GPA was at college. They just look to see your work experience. Yeah, and if you have a college degree. And if you have a college degree, you can drop the GPA off your resume and no one's going to care. They just want to know if you have a degree or not, and they might ask for you to get a copy of the transcripts at this point in time. Most employers, after that first gig, don't care what your GPA was in college. But what about your permanent record? Which one? My college permanent Uh, record? What do you think we were talking about earlier at the start of the episode? Social media. That's the permanent record. No, it's not, because I run Tweet Delete that deletes all my tweets over three months of age every day. All right, yeah, Bachman, we also know with the Internet what I Archive. I want you to go to my MySpace <laughs> and to judge me from that. Are you friends with Tom right. still? Who isn't? I don't know. I never had a MySpace, so I was not friends with Tom. Let's see. Can I go look at One your MySpace without having to log into my account is the question. Willie, what is your account name on MySpace? South Porky? I don't fucking remember. Maybe it's Willie Nelson. Good luck. Oh, I'm going to look for it right now. I really have <laughs> no idea. I know I've seen it. I've Googled it, and you can find it. Uh, the actual Willie Nelson came up. That didn't I happen. know. So uh, I want to take this moment right now to uh, nominate <laughs> my uh, my Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. <laughs> we going to talk a little bit about that? Because that was some weird Would shit. Would you like to talk about the Game Awards and what happened there? I mean, since no one's going to be talking about it later, might as well do it well, right now. Why don't right? we transition into the news of the week and That's... then talk about it? There we go. Whose news is it? Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet. 
It's the news of the week. Welcome to the news of the week. It's that part of the show where we run down what is in our minds some of the most interesting uh, geeky or nerdy news to have popped up here in the last week or so. And then sometimes we make people pull double duty because Willie's going to talk about two things now. First of which, a joke from the Game Awards because I don't know enough about it because I only casually watched it. So Willie, the uh, floor. I, I just have to say, when you look for South Porky on MySpace, you get South Park Mexican. <laughs> That's the closest musical artist that it finds. I'm intrigued, actually. <laughs> I'm not a mu- I'm not a musical artist on MySpace. I never. <laughs> whatever. I'm surprised that MySpace is still up. But whatever. Well, they turned it into a music kind of thing for musicians yep, for yep. most of them. Doesn't My Justin Timberlake own there, part of it? Weird. Yeah, he bought it. I can't remember if he owned all of it or part of it, but Timberlake has think, a share in it. I think he owns controlling. Yeah, controlling interest in it. But uh, Willie, if you're you're coming to me for video game award news. I mean, I have a little bit of notes. You just wanted to talk about the gag at the video game awards. That's really. I didn't even write that you. part down. I thought it was funny, but I'm never going to forget it. Well, Willie, tell us all about it. What happened? Uh, well, first of all, do you know who opened the ceremony? Willie Nelson. Al Pacino. Like Al Pacino or like Al Pacino, Pacino booty sweat Al Pacino? Not not Al Pacino. <laughs> I see what you did. But Al Pacino. All right. Okay. Yeah, he was. He did a great job at it. I'm not gonna lie. Like, like he was. You remember when Joel McHale hosted the uh, video game awards? If you're it about was, to talk uh, shit about Joel McHale, oh no, I'm not talking uh, shit about him. He just shouldn't <laughs> have done. He shouldn't have been a host because he just he just doesn't care but i mean you don't have to care it's just it seemed like he was snubbing his nose at all these fucking video game nerds this entire time that he was mm-hmm. doing it it seemed like that well that's you know? just kind of joel McHale shtick yeah. is he like if you ever watched like the soup or his netflix show and things like that it was always yeah, kind of stick up his ass casually yeah. poking fun at the people that were watching it too yeah but i mean al pacino was great like he, he had some fun he you know flubbed up a little bit but i mean he, he had the charisma just to keep on going uh, the first award right after that, they uh, I think Al Pacino presented it, was um, the best performance. And Christopher Judge of uh, Stargate SG-1 fame and, of course, playing Kratos in uh, God, the God of War Indeed. 2018 and Ragnarok. Indeed. I was say, the voice I've been listening to a lot this week. So what? I said indeed. Oh. Uh, it was... His outfit? Holy shit. He's super jacked, too. Like, he's been jacked since his Stargate days, but I think oh, he yeah. got even more jacked since the show went off the air. No offense, Christopher Judge, but holy shit, what is going on in your head at all times? I want to know, because his speech ran. It went on and on and on. They played him out for a good, like, minute, and he was still going. <laughs> So this is not me being critical, but I think he's just one of those odd dudes, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, because I think yeah. odd dudes are entertaining as hell, especially when it's odd in a way that doesn't harm anyone. He's just a quirky, odd dude, by all accounts. Yeah, did you see his outfit? It was that, it was out there. That it suit is me, awesome. Yeah, it reminded me of, like, uh, uh, Mr. Glass in Glass. You know, <laughs> at the very end, he had that, like, that padded suit. Yeah. But it was gold instead of purple. <laughs> Like, it, yeah. it looked like it had, like, a bunch of, like, quilted, like, little puffs on it. Like, it was weird. And just, I think I think his shirt said equality, but it kind of covered it up a little bit, so you couldn't quite fully tell. 
But yeah, he all said he was sitting next to boy. I cannot boy. remember his name, Sunjin or something like that. I don't know the kid's name, and I hate it. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't look that up. But yeah, but then uh, my next note is uh, apparently the next presenter. She had some sparkly pajamas. That's all I remember. That's all I wrote down. I don't know who it was. She just had some <laughs> sparkly pajamas. That's what she came out to present the next award or present something. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Stray won best indie debut game. Good for Good them for too. It. Yeah. Uh, there was a trailer for Death Stranding Two, and I my note here is I need to either play it or watch a video on what the fuck the game is about because I to this day I still don't know. Death Stranding I, was weird. I I, I know there's it, a but... bunch of oil monsters that are invisible, but everything I've seen of the game is that you're just delivering shit. So what the fuck are these monsters? What the fuck is this military <laughs> attacking? Like you're just delivering packages. So what is this game? I still need to play. I can play it now. Just I just ha- haven't took the time to do so yet. And that story, I don't. And Conan O'Brien's in it. I know that. Yeah. I think that was to try and get coverage via Clueless Gamer. Uh, They showed off another trailer for Tekken 8, and I fucking love the subtitle of it. It's Tekken 8. Fist meet fate. (laughs) Fist meet fate. I love that. It's kind of funny. Uh, Oh, oh, and they had a guest. uh, They had a special guest at the awards, too. It was my favorite part. Animal. From the nice. Muppets. Okay. He was there. He was sitting in the crowd. Oh, and he even got up <laughs> to the little secondary stage up behind the crowd a little bit. He got up to with uh, Jeff Keeley there and was just like, you know, having a good conversation with him. That was good. Uh, and I'm going to skip one. I'm going to come back to it. Uh, apparently, and Idris Elba is coming to Cyberpunk. I saw that. I saw that. I finally watched the trailer for that. I was like, holy shit, that's Idris Elba. And then uh, after that, I gotta. I I had to look this up. Crime boss, Rock K City. Uh, yeah, I looked this up because I was like, I wrote down because I want to know who's in it. There's a bunch of people in it because Michael Madsen came up to like uh, introduce this game with uh, two other guys. Hmm. And yeah, I gotta look out who's all in this damn game because Michael Madsen. I just remember they kept showing more and more people. I was like, you, what? What? Uh, did this really just fail me? All right. Oh, my God. Google. Why are you <laughs> doing this to me, Google? Because uh, it hates you. Michael, Kim Basinger is in it. Danny Trejo's in it. Chuck Norris is in it. I do like Danny Trejo. Holy moly. Yeah, God, come on. Google. Just, I, just give me... The names of the list of people in it. That's all I'm asking. And you, Google, Google, Google. <laughs> Willie is probably triggering all of your smart assistants. That's everyone what he's out trying there. to do. I, I, I'm being, I'm being very. I just want to know the cast. I just want to know the cast list because there's so many weird people. Like, why are there so many people in here? I don't even know what game you're talking about. I could probably go. Uh, it's a uh, crime boss, Rocky City. That's R O C K A Y, Rocky. Yeah, Chuck Norris, Danny Trey. Oh yeah, and Vanilla Ice is also in it. What Van Winkle? Yep, Rob Van Winkle. Uh, I don't even know what this game is supposed to be. 
I have zero idea. Danny Glover's also in it. Nice. Like, look up the trailer for this from the Video Game Awards. It looks crazy. Like, I, I, like, I don't even know what this it Don't even know what the game is, what it plays like. It's just called Crime Boss Rocky City. And it has so many people action FPS that takes play takes players with becoming leaders of a criminal underworld in a fictional version of nineties Florida. So you get to play Florida man. So vice city (laughs) 10 years later, vice city, Florida man, Florida man feeds meth to crocodile. Two neighbors kill. Hey, 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 careful. That's a real headline. I know Florida man. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, the reason why we get all these weird stories from Florida, right? There's a reason for it. I can't remember the exact penis of, of America. There's uh, is something about like the press has more access to something. I can't remember exactly, but they, the press has more access to something. And so that's why you hear more weird stories from Florida. Not because more weird things happen there, just because the press has more access to tell you these weird ass stories. There's something like that. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. what I heard it a long time ago. It definitely uh, seems like more weird ass shit happens in Florida than anywhere else. Because man, there's always a story of something weird coming out of Florida. Fuck, man. I mean, come on. I mean, we can ask Chris. We can ask Chris. The meth capital of the world, West Virginia. I'm sure there's a lot more weird stuff that happens there in Florida, right? More meth, mo problems, right? <laughs> All these meth cities. We have a little meth town called Garden City here outside. Everyone of has a meth town. Yeah, but I mean, it's not. Wow, this it looks interesting though. It's a hell of a cast. You're not kidding. Yeah, it is I'm, a hell of a cast. But um, I have interest oh. yeah, it just helped put up the the photos of him like in the motion capture. So they, so Cyberpunk got Keanu Reeves and Idris Elba. So like, oh, we're just gonna make a game with like the two coolest guys on the planet. Like, they're they're not making bad decisions over there when it comes to who they're putting in their games for sure. Oh, we're back to uh, 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 Cyberpunk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that I mean, was just, surprising. Yeah. If you're going to add in a character, it's like, oh, we're going to throw in the other, like, most interesting man in the world, Idris Elba, who's, like, out there being a DJ and learning how to box for real in between playing, like, the coolest characters, like, ever on film and TV. Today's the yeah, 11th. This crime box Rockaway City reveal looks weird. It, yeah, it does, it does. It looks very strange. But it, all these all these people they got for it. Oh my god, when Michael Madsen was on stage, oh, it was so rough. It was so rough. But I loved it anyway. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not his fault. It's just like, what do I care about these video game shit? I know I'm in them, but ah, who cares? <laughs> Paycheck. Yeah. I'm Michael Madsen. Work is work, man. Work is work. Stuck in uh, the middle with you. The, the one I was excited for was the new trailer they put out for uh, the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Oh, the one with Batman in it. Yep, the la- apparently what's going to be the last appearance of Kevin Conroy as oh, yeah, the Batman. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and the fact that yeah they put out a video for him where he does the "I am vengeance, I am the night," and yeah. they, just, they just put out a video that said "Thanks, Kevin." Like that yeah, was so cool. As soon as I started playing, I was like, "Wait, is that Kevin Conroy?" And all of a sudden, it kept like, "Oh, it's like of course it is." Yep, the real Batman. Yeah, I mean, are you um, trying to say other people can't be the real Batman? Everybody else is just a, a, a somewhat of an imitation. They're you, not quite the Batman. That even he was. Michael Keaton. Even Michael Keaton. Even Adam West. Uh, no, nah, you can't talk shit about Adam West because he's dead. Even too. Val <laughs> Kilmer. Oh come on, Val Kilmer was never Batman. He was Bruce George Wayne in a movie. Clooney? 
George Clooney was never Batman or Bruce Wayne. Uh, he was just uh, George shoot, Clooney in a movie. Name? Diedrich Bader? Uh, Diedrich I like. Yeah, I like him too. <laughs> I, I've always liked him. All the way back in the fucking Drew Carey show. The one that always got me is I was always weird because... Him and Ryan Styles. In in like the like the Tim Burton esque dark and gritty Batman Batman Returns, like Michael Keaton is never actually Bruce Wayne, even when he's out of costume, he's still playing Batman, and I think that's the only thing I didn't like about it because like Bruce Wayne's supposed to be a front, he's a facade, he's the millionaire playboy that's out having fun so that nobody thinks this could be the guy actually fighting criminals at night, but. Even in Bruce Wayne mode in those movies, Michael Keaton was brooding and dark and like sitting behind his computer, just like he at no point in any of those two films does he have any fun. At no point is he ever Bruce Wayne pretending to enjoy life to like throw people off the track. But to be fair, if there was a real Batman, would they be out having fun, even looking like it? Well, that's what I like, because that's what they did with Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne. Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne was out, like, dating hot chicks, out at the carnival, you know, at the circus, like, having fun. Like, I like what they did with when he played Bruce Wayne. That is, like, what I think of in the comics and stuff of Bruce Wayne, like, going out on the town, being an idiot and having fun and spending money to make people think that he's just an idiot who spends money. I don't think his Batman was great. But then, yeah, I don't think Clooney did either. I think Christian Bale was really the first actor that kind of nailed down both where he like he had the stupid scenes in the hotel where he's sitting in the the lobster tank and you know he's dating supermodels and being an idiot and then also dark and brooding when he's Batman. But like they got they actually got you know they got a little bit of both up until yeah, you know, you can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like he was only like talking about uh, uh uh Christian Bale, he was only like Bruce Wayne in the movies for like very little bit like the whole scene when the, yeah, the Batman often. begins is like, yeah, he gets those two ladies and they hang out for like 10 minutes and he's like, peace. But I'm saying it was something where they never let Michael Keaton have a scene like that where he's, I mean, other than kind of talking shit to Knox about the suit, he's like, well, it's Japanese. How do you know? Because I bought it in Japan. Like, that's like the only kind of like snarky fun that Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne got to do in basically two films, which I don't know. I was, I always thought they could have done a, you know, a little bit more, you know, with making him, you know, uh, just to where, yeah, the, the, the Bruce Wayne, that's the, that's the facade that's fake. That's not who he is on the inside because we know Bruce Wayne is the mask. Batman is who he actually is. And so that's why, you know, he's All right, Bachman, someone with mental issues. Pull it back down to uh suicide <laughs> squad. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I still there, don't so. know how this game plays. Is there gameplay footage out? I don't know. I still have I to see it. I haven't seen any gameplay. It's, it's all video. Because, yeah, it all just seems yeah, to be cutscenes is all they've released so far. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, it looks like the humor's there. It looks like it's going to be funny, but I just want to see gameplay at this point in time. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a cool concept. The idea of playing as the Suicide Squad and trying to take out each of the members of the Justice League one at a time. Like, it's a cool concept for a video game. And if it's done well, it could be really fun. And I guess, since we mentioned it, I guess we should talk about it. The uh, At the very end of the award show was the very last presentation was Game of the Year. Um, From Software won it with Elden Ring. And when they all came uh. up, there was a strange kid up on stage, too. Uh, people just assumed they, he was with them. Uh, and after the acceptance speech was done... 
and they were about to walk away, the kid came up to the mic and he said the words, I'd like to nominate my Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. And then apparently promptly got arrested right after that. But so, so he didn't like rush the stage. He just, Oh no, he up. was up there the entire time of that acceptance speech. He came, he walked up with the, okay, so he walked it. up with them, acted like he was part of the group. And then walked up to the mic after they basically got played off the stage. Yeah, he was standing right behind. Like, I remember the person I was watching, That's they were like, so weird. who's that weird kid in the background? I was like, I don't know. I'm guessing there's <laughs> someone with him. I don't fucking know. Oh, that's even weirder than what I heard. Yeah, because I thought someone was saying, like, you know, a kid rushed the state. Oh, no, like, no, no, no. He just walked up with a bunch of people that are accepting an award. So, yeah. That's... yeah he just stepped forward <laughs> after the acceptance speech and said that weird thing. Like, if you're going to... If you're going to do some dumb shit like that, at least make it worth it. Not for your orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton, that just makes no sense that no one understands. Like, you're a dumb kid making a dumb joke. Like, just don't do that. Just just don't be... If you're going to do it, be have a better joke. Just have a better goddamn joke. That's all I'm saying. No doubt. Should have been my orthodox rabbi, George Clinton. Bring the funk. At least that would you know what? That would actually make more sense. Exactly. I could see George Clinton being a licensed rabbi. That's possible. I mean, <laughs> that yeah, man is curly cues for him. I'd fucking love it. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm, sure, he's had, I'm sure he's had like curly cues a time or two. Probably. That man's had every hairdo. He's crazy. Oh, yeah. He's and I do want to bring it back talented. to um, um, Christopher Judge. Like I said, he was in an entire gold suit. I think his hair was even colored gold, too. Oh, wow. Like, like <laughs> he would have made the family who created Soul Glow jealous from coming to America. Wow. That's like, that's wet. And I love that entire look. That that's entire a lot look, of wet. I, was like, I don't know if I would want to hang out with him because he seems a little too weird for my taste. But goddamn, <laughs> I love that he exists. All right. All right. Um, and since, um, since Chris threw it over to me for news, uh, I do have a bit of a review actually at Midnight Sun. Sorry about last week. No. I was literally having a headache all week that lasted and lasted. I'm glad it's just gone. That pressure is gone. But I come to you today with some insight into, um, Midnight Suns. So what is Midnight Suns? Marvel's Midnight Suns is a tactics card game made by the same people who made XCOM. You start out by creating a custom character. Uh, in battles, each character brings eight cards of your customization of leveling up and rarity based on the missions you go on the previous day. That's right, you, hear, you heard right. There is a day-night cycle to this game. Not like, uh, you no. know, if you wait 20 minutes, it's now nighttime. No, uh, pretty much... You start uh, by going around the abbey uh, of your, like, the hub little area. You go around upgrading your abilities, getting new cards, and train, you know, sparring with the character to uh, up their stats. And then after all that, after you do a lot of that, there's also a lot of exploring around the abbey grounds you can do, if you so choose. Uh, it helps you, uh, like, uh, get better stuff. Like, it uh, gives you, like, you find chests with like oh what is it uh color come like uh what are they called reskin re reskins that's the word that my brain was just reskin for recolors of the outfits which 
are not bad because a lot of times they actually take the effort to, it's not just, oh, well, this color is now this color, but it's not late. Some of it is, but it's just like, it's a little bit more involved. There's more costumes that you can get. Right. But anyway, yeah, there's a day-night cycle going on. It, you know, it's really for that. Uh, and then uh, pretty much you go do a mission, and then when you come back from the mission, it's now the night cycle. So that's how you do it. You start off the day by going upgrading everything, choosing a mission, and then when you come back, and then the night cycle, that's when you can go hang out with one of the other heroes and build up the friendship meter. And uh, so one can of my... you only do one mission at a time before you come back, and then it becomes the night cycle again. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so it's just one and done, and then yeah, you back repeat. And you get you get another mission, like, and uh, okay. you can choose to do one of the story missions, or you can choose to do the uh, like a little side mission as to do anything, whatever. And okay. um, I'm gonna let you know right now, from what this game does, it's already better than the Avengers game because the <laughs> side bar. missions. Uh, apparently, I just got to act two. I didn't even know there was acts in this game, and I just like oh, <laughs> now I've been doing that many side missions. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when I was uh, in Act One, still and just doing a regular side mission, I do a uh, one round, and then I wait and I let the enemy team do their thing, and then during that time, here comes Venom out of nowhere, joining the fight. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is a side mission. Uh, it's the this card I'm still trying to find in Snap. I'm still trying to find Venom. Yeah, so you got to fuck. So, so, <laughs> so supervillains can just show up in these little side missions. <laughs> Avengers. Yeah, which Mar- is cool because, yeah, it makes it to where it's not. It's like, oh, here's six unnamed thugs. Here's four unnamed thugs. Here's well, two. Un- Hydra. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if, you, if you're doing that over and over and over again, mm-hmm. that gets really boring. If Venom can randomly show up that throws a twist in it that makes it much better. Oh yeah. Like, and it doesn't happen every time, but it does happen. All right. And like I said, you come back on the night cycle and you can hang out and build your friendship levels with the other heroes. And and like I said, last week I went fishing with blade and it was goddamn amazing. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I went stargazing with Peter Parker. That's amazing. I had a deep there. I, a, I watched a movie with Robbie Reyes. It was great. <laughs> was he complaining about his little brother the whole time? No, he, just, he only talks talks lovingly of his little brother. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Even uh, uh, what, what's her last name? Nico Minero? How you say that? Oh yeah, from the Runaways. Yeah, the Runaways. She's the there. With, I uh, fucking love Sat. her in there. Oh, say she's what? in the Midnight Suns. Yeah, well, at least in this version of it, I don't. Version of it, me, I don't know much of the comics of the Midnight Sun, so if you know more, definitely put that more in there. I don't know if she's just in there for the game because she fits the motif. That yeah, it's if I remember correctly, the original Midnight Suns were Blade. He's there. Johnny Blaze, the OG Ghost Rider. He shows up, but not as a character for you there. And then. The, the comic book version of the character that Ryan Reynolds played, uh, Hannibal King, where in the in the uh, movie he was kind of a mix of two characters. In the comics, he was just, I think, a vampire that hunted vampires, but he was a full-blown vampire. He had all of their powers. Yeah. I think those were the, like, the, original, the original three or four characters that got together as the Midnight Suns, and then it kind of became a catch-all. And of, wasn't it S-O-N-S, Suns? Yes. At first, yes. yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was S-O-N-S, because, yeah, they were the Sons of Midnight. And, yeah, it was originally, like, it was any of the, 
it was basically like a version of the Dark Stalkers. The Night Stalkers became the Midnight Suns. It was anybody that got together a group of supernaturals to fight evil supernatural stuff in the Marvel Universe. And so the cast became like interchangeable. And like, like, all of a sudden, uh, like, yeah, 10, 15 isn't that people. What the Dark Justice League is, is like the magic users. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, the, the Justice League Dark is kind of DC's That's version it. almost of the Midnight Suns. Yeah, because the Midnight Suns, it was always it was always about taking on supernatural threats in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, let's see here. Um, all right, the combat is set up where you have different objectives for the win condition. Like, it could be just eliminate all enemies. It could be um, capture that guy. It takes place in, like, a, you know, a little map, and everything's in a 3D world, but you use attacks with cards. When the when you start out with the deck, your 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 hand in your deck, you can only play three cards uh, for a turn. There are ways around that, uh, such as if you if a card has a quick in it, like as a modifier. What quick does if you KO an enemy, you get that card play refunded back to you, so you can pull it. So it's like you didn't even play it. Nice. And the enemies. Uh, it's a mixed bag. Some of them have uh, life bars, and some of them just show the icon of who they're attacking next. The people who don't have life bars go down in one hit regardless of anything. Uh, so if you have a, oh, okay. a quick attack and you attack them, they're instantly KO'd. You get your card play refunded back. Now, can you use that? Do you get the same card back? So like you could quick attack something like three okay, people in a so row? Okay, so I say that just the card play. Like, like it acts like you never played it. Uh, but the card does, but you do use the card. But you use the card. Okay. Yeah. So you don't like, you wouldn't like be able to hit someone, get that same card back and hit it the next person, next person. Uh, and do it's like, like a, think of like a counter, your card plays, you play one with quick, it goes away, but if it KOs, okay. your card still used, but that card play but comes, the play back, comes, comes back. back up. Yeah. So if you had three quick play cards in your hand, you could go whack, whack, whack and take out three people. And you still have three card plays left. Okay. Well, and if you KO, but it depends on what's people. in your hand as the player. Yeah, yeah. Like, like okay. I said, you have a the some cards. Uh, the more powerful cards cost heroism, and you build heroism with other cards. Um, pretty much, if they don't cost heroism, you pretty much gain heroism by playing them. They are a little bit okay. weaker. Like, uh, like the heroism cards do pack a lot of punch. Uh, especially uh, like your special, like your superhero special moves. Kind of, yeah. Uh, they're just like beefed up stuff. That's pretty much. Most of the time, you're uh, the ones with quick and everything, the ones that don't cost heroism but do gain it for you. Or like, or uh, Blade has a card called Make It Bleed, where you draw three more, or you draw two Blade attack cards, or just two Blade cards. And right. it also applies Bleed to your next couple of attacks with, with Blade in particular. But that does use up a card play. To use that card. Hmm. So it is like a little give and take. And like I said, there's different objectives. Like you could be protecting an object that you're trying to steal from Hydra. And they're trying to destroy it so you can't take it. Or uh, or like there's these uh, stuff in these cases that you have to kill the people who have the key card to. And then you have to use a card play to open the case. It's a little like card play is pretty useful is like i didn't understand this till i got into the game even seeing gameplay i was like i don't understand it until i'm actually playing it so that's how i work yeah. so hopefully you guys get it from this um or like sometimes you have to capture a unit that's trying to run away you know it could be have some valuable intel that you bring back and interrogate 
Uh, damage is done by the random cards you draw from your deck of all three heroes mixed together. It is possible to have a whole hand of just one hero's cards. It is possible. Not doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. So you, could uh, be playing you, with, also, you could be playing with like Blade and Nico and and your custom character most of the time. And your custom character, and then all the cards in your hand are Blade cards. Yeah, that can happen, which is okay. necessarily a bad thing. So would that make it to where like Nico and Hunter couldn't do certain things, where it would it would limit them, and so you'd have to be using Blade more depending on the cards that you draw. Well, well, you do when your next after your turn you do draw more cards afterwards. Okay. Yeah, so you draw new cards every turn, but uh, yeah, um, you can also do other things like um, you also have a. On a normal in a normal match without any other factors involved, because there are other things, you also yeah. have two redraws for a turn. So you can hold square over a card and it'll discard it and it'll redraw a card to replace it. I was saying, two mulligan. of those a turn. Some cards like Iron Man, who also kind of gives you extra redraws. Um, some of his cards say redraw this card to add another thing like to add damage or to add forceful knockback to it and so when okay. you, if you redraw those they they you discard it but it comes right back and and those are very specific stats. cards only iron man has those cards that's like his whole motif is the is okay. based on redraw uh blade is kind of a uh, life steal kind of d- bleed damage yeah like uh when you build up their friendship levels they also gain passives like uh like uh, Blade, the more friendship level, uh, you have a better. Ch- he has a better random chance of uh, applying bleed to an enemy he attacks. Uh, Iron Man, when he when you use a certain amount of cards, you get extra redraws for the turn. Like every every hero has like a different thing like that. Yeah, so they make it worthwhile to up the the friendship meter with each character because it gives you more abilities. Yeah, because like I said, every every hero has a friendship meter that grows as you hang out during the night cycle, or get you know talk to them, help them out. Like there's different ways of increasing that friendship thing. You also give them gifts. I remember I I gave uh, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider number one, and he fucking loved it. Nice. I, it's not really a thing. It's like you can give a gift that doesn't add anything to the cinematic or anything. It's just do they like it? Do they not like it? It gives you extra points towards your friendship meter. Uh, and when, yeah, like I said, when you increase their friendship meter, their passive gets stronger and stronger. I think with Blade, you start off like 10% chance to add bleed, and at full, I think it's like 50% chance to add bleed. All right. Some things like of an that. increase, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the game, and I love this game. It is my favorite Marvel card-based game of this year. Snap is second. Damn. But in saying that, this game has problems and bugs. <laughs> I can look past it. I'm not here to dictate whether you can or cannot look past them, but I haven't. I've only. I had a lot of problems Monday when I was playing, and I haven't had the same problems again. But I'm still wary of them because get bit once, shame. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I had a problem where. I don't. I tried to recreate it with my buddy the next day on Tuesday, and it just it wouldn't let me do it again. So I was like, "Was that just a problem with 
Should I just reset the whole fucking game? I guess I should have done that. Where I was soft-locking my game. Or, or I was doing something where I was hard crashing. There's also hero ops, was what they call it, where you can send out heroes to do like solo missions by themselves. They do it automatically while you go out to do your daily mission. Like You go out to do your mission, and when you come back the next day, they complete their mission, and, and you get the rewards for it. Yeah. There, it was possible for me to, to select harvest. nobody and then also to have the mission go out. And then the next uh, day when uh, I came back, when there was, when I had no one selected for it, the game would try and get the reward, and it would just crash. Hard crash. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that definitely seems like a UI glitch if you, if you can collect. Oh, the collect. UI needs some help. Well, I mean, if you can click to, send the, to start the mission without selecting a character mm-hmm. to go, I mean, that's definitely it's that's a programming error that happened a bunch of times mostly okay. because the ui is so bad where i thought i was clicking to select a hero like all right let me click on this so i can go choose a hero uh, okay. and it would just start it i'm like no and it would start i thought the i mission. was there oh my god i gotta restart it again yeah. and that's when i know i had to restart it yeah that's like a, that's i knew UI if i just went sure. to do the mission that'd be a wasted time let me just stop the game restart it and of course, there was even one time when I when it crashed on me when I was just trying to make a, a manual save. Oh no! It crashed <laughs> on me. I was like, "You gotta be shit." Oh, me, that stinks. Right? Yeah, stuff like that's awful. But I mean, also, I mean, the game just released. Uh, what day did it come out? Friday. It's been like Friday, what a week, yeah. week and a half since that game yeah, came last, out. Last Friday before last, not the one a couple days ago, but the one before yeah. the Friday before that. Less okay, than ten so days, a basically week, a week and change. Yes, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's early. That's early on for a game. So I mean, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna let it go for that because this game was also delayed for eight months, and it was also made to being next gen consoles only when it originally wasn't supposed to be multi platform, multi generation. But as we learned from Ansem, during that eight months, were they actually working on the game, or was it just delayed? You How much time did they actually it without get without doing shit to it? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I, I wouldn't put it. I know. That's what Bioware did with Anthem. What is the what is the ideal for that? Uh, let's just push it back eight months for nothing. That's what I'm saying. Okay. During that time, were the programmers actually working on it, or was there a strike I, at their office? Who I knows? expected them to. <laughs> oh, I guess that's on me. Yeah, Eggs that's on like my it. face. We're expecting them to work on a game. So say, yeah, a, a week out, like because it's. You know, no matter how much testing you do, no matter how much beta you do, once you actually get, you know, a couple hundred thousand people playing your game, you're going to get all the reports of every issue that your bug team wasn't able to find. And so, you know, as long as they uh, have they done, uh, how many patches have they had? I there's one, one? I think I'd seen something I think just on one, just one. I I think. That's, that's not too bad, seen... but also, I mean, you know, as long as they're patching it week one, that means they're paying attention. They're hopefully reading bug reports. They're getting you know info back from players and then making making fixes. I'm as long as they do that, that's not bad. See where it did say it's happening. I don't remember. Maybe one, but even still, like you you, you delayed the game for eight months. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, like oh there, yeah, and I, like I said, I tried to recreate that but... that, uh, that bug where where I wasn't sending someone out by accident. I tried to recreate it and it Good. wouldn't let me do it. So, and I, that. There wasn't an update between that, though. That was the weird thing. Hmm. 
Well, sometimes it's just a weird set of events that goes on behind the scenes that causes it to happen. Like, not all bugs are easily recreatable. I literally yeah. had like an hour and a half wasted because I kept trying to get past that. Well, I feel your and pain. Kept... I mean, I played Cyberpunk at launch, so I feel your pain. So did I. <laughs> Cyberpunk is a much better experience now after having completed my most recent playthrough in preparation for the DLC when it comes out. It was very different, but it was also the problem was they'd patched out certain things I liked, which was I could pick up a pair of legendary Mantis Blades at one place I knew, and then they patched it out because it wasn't <laughs> deemed to be uh, ba very well balanced just to be able to pick up legendary Mantis Blades versus buying them. Stuff like that happens, which is annoying. Now, I've been complimenting this game for a lot, and and I get that, but uh, so, I'm also going to say something bad about it. Okay. Go, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to ask that. you a question when you were done with oh, all that. Go ahead and ask a question because I can't remember what I was going to well, say. My question was, my oh, wife yeah, has been asking me, what do I want for Christmas? Should I tell her I want Marvel's Midnight Suns for Christmas? Uh, you, uh, I wanted to check. Do you like it deck is... building games? I do. Uh, I watched a little bit of gameplay of it online, so I was intrigued by it. So... I mean, if it looks interesting to you, I'd say, yeah, I think it's better than Marvel's Snap myself because I went fishing with Blade. Well, I mean, I think they're, <laughs> different, awesome. they're different types of games. Marvel Snap's more of for a casual sure. card deck building game. I played a video game with Captain Marvel. It was amazing. Did you go mushroom hunting with Iron Man yet? Uh, mushroom hunting isn't really a thing that I know of in it yet. <laughs> I thought it was. That damn review on Eurogamer is really screwing me. It might be. It I is, just haven't it seen is. it. I mean, you can walk around. the. It, there is a thing where you can walk around the grounds if whether or not you're mushroom hunting during that. I don't know. I don't think I've chosen that yet. Hmm. So it might oh. be something a little bit later on because I just got to act two. It is doing fairly good on Steam. It's sitting I've at seventy five percent, mostly positive, out of twenty four hundred reviews. So, oh, it's an awesome game. It's uh, doing well. And uh, oh yeah, there's a little bit of controversy. I forgot all about this. I mentioned this uh, to you guys yesterday. I think uh, we were talking about was it the day before. It doesn't matter. On our uh, hangouts chat. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now, though. Yeah, apparently uh, there was supposed to be at least one character that was supposed to be in the base game that got moved to DLC for the stupidest <laughs> reason. And I seen the director say the word, so it's not like it's, I'm just inferring. He's uh, Deadpool was supposed to be uh, in the base game, right? But got moved to, to DLC. Because he said Marvel told them, like, uh, you have to make him DLC because when Deadpool's in a game, he, when he shows up, it's just the Deadpool game. He sucks the air out of everything. And I'm sitting there like, no, he doesn't. That Well, it's so, on your writers. So your I writers sort of cannot write him like that. I possible. I agreed with you until you told me the fact that he's coming in DLC. And I was like, oh, cash grab then. No, no, you disagreed with me and told. No, no, uh, so I agreed with you. You started agreeing with me. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I agreed with you after <laughs> I found out that he was supposed to be coming in DLC versus I thought the original way it was yeah. described was they just didn't want to have him in the game because of that argument. I was like, okay, I can sort of see that. But then when you said, oh, no, he's coming in the first DLC pack, I was like, oh, it's a cash grab then because they know people are like, Deadpool, I love Deadpool. I'm going to buy that. And it'll probably be aligned with some big trailer drop for Deadpool 3 or something oh, like that. Oh, for sure. They're, they've already had like the four DLC characters for like the season pass or whatever it is. Like the first DLC comes with four characters. And I believe off the top of my head is Storm, Morbius, Deadpool, and Venom. So when are those supposed to drop? Are they soon? Or Okay, I was curious. 
and I guess my secondary question would be, do you know if there's a season pass you can buy for this? That yes. Get? Okay. Technically, I got the uh, the hundred dollar version of the game, which comes with it and a bunch of the skins. Okay. So I think I have every skin in the game unlocked, except for your custom characters. You have to unlock all those, except for. No, you have to unlock all of them. Holy shit! Yeah, you do have to unlock all of them. <laughs> I've only unlocked three, and there's a shit ton more. But all the other heroes, you come, they come with uh, two costumes already unlocked, and they already there's some cool looking costumes in there. I'm not I gonna bet. lie. Like uh, Avengers, what the fuck's wrong with you? God, that Marvel's game Avengers is sucks. So bad. Well, you saw that they're basically killing that game off killing support for it like within the good next year they said God, they they already messed up so bad on that game like it could have been greatness could have been do they even have any more super villains that you can go fight besides uh fucking taskmaster and abomination even i have no idea without doing the raids like why you you have the entire avengers catalog and you only give us fucking those two people to fight other than raids go oh come on now just, just why why it makes no sense there was so much wrong with that game evidently there's if you four... want a better marvel avenger game go play the uh either one of uh Mar- marvel's ultimate alliance that's games. what i was gonna say the ultimate alliance games. if you can find them because i think they even you can buy them digitally them. can you I like, like I bought, bought mine you digitally have to buy a at least. Key to them, right? You can't just go buy them in the store, can you? I bought mine in the Xbox Marketplace about a year ago. Well, I don't know well, if they've been I don't delisted. Know if you can still do that because they might be delisted. I don't know why. Maybe because they de- because the license. Look like, at this. You can't go buy the Deadpool game anymore because the license is already pulled. I have no idea. Look at this. It says no, I'm telling you. Okay, there's four <laughs> DLC packs for Midnight Suns. It says as part of this. It, evidently, if you go and buy the. Uh, the legendary or enhanced edition. If you go to GameStop, you'll get a free Funko Pop. So I know where Bachman's getting his. What? Yeah, oh, shit. yeah. You get I'll a free Iron Man Funko Fuck Pop. That pop Funko. I don't know. I mean, a free Funko Pop. That's uh, that. That might get me. Hundred dollar <laughs> game, Bachman. I mean, it's not a villain, but what can you? I say? mean, I, it's I like a hundred dollar game. If you get I, that, but I like a Funko Pop. I'm just saying. It's I mean, a $100 Funko Pop. How much does yeah, the no, season pass that. cost by itself is the question. Because this is another game that's $70 new. It's not $59.99 yeah. like we're used to. It's $69.99. Yeah. So. Oh, that's why I was going to badmouth it, too. You already mentioned it earlier, Chris. It got delayed for eight months. And this, uh, and they also pulled the last-gen support. So it's not on PS4 or Xbox right. One, whatever the fuck it is. Um which makes zero sense to me because there's nothing graphically advanced about this game. It didn't look like nothing. It. Like I, 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 right before this game, I was playing God of War Ragnarok, which isn't really technically a PS5 game. It's just an upgraded PS4 game that just runs a little yeah. bit better on PS5. It just, it's a it wasn't looking. made for PS5. Yeah, it just looks pretty. <laughs> and it looks pretty everywhere. You don't walk through a door frame without it being carved and etched and ornate yeah it is like everything that like shit that rot looks amazing and you go to marvel's midnight suns like oh i mean it's not bad it's just like compared to god of war ragnarok which is a monumental <laughs> looking game like it's not done bad it's just you know like why is this game not on the previous gen there's no reason graphically it can't oh, be played there's a it. reason they're lazy yeah 
I'm not going to call people lazy that I don't know what goes into it. Because the more systems you try to put a game on, the more programming it takes. And so if you just say, hey, we're doing next gen and that's it, then you're building it for one PlayStation and one one PlayStation, one Xbox, and then your PC, and that's it. So you're only making three versions of the game instead of making five or six or ten, depending on, you know, when sometimes a game launches and it's going out on phones and tablets and PCs and Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo. You know, sometimes they're making 10 versions of a game. Well, I think part of their yeah, thought might have been is that there's you can there's enough people that have next-gen consoles now that then they wouldn't have to worry about having to maintain it. I don't necessarily agree with that argument, but who knows? I, I know. disagree because I don't think there's enough people that have it. Like, I, <laughs> I got lucky when I found my PS5. I got supremely lucky. Willie, at this I, point, if you want to get a PlayStation 5, it's pretty easy. Yeah, I but get if you want to pay... I guess I got it very luckily at the very end you of did. when it's fucking hard really? to find. You actually did. You Fuck were at the... me, I guess. I, no, thank you. But you were at the very end of the difficult period <laughs> of finding You're not lucky enough. That's fair. Well, and you can find them now, but you don't want to pay the price for them right now. Because literally, the one that just got delivered to my house from Walmart, that same one is now $400 more than it was when I ordered it like three weeks ago. Wait, what do you mean? Through, through Walmart? Yeah, I got my PS5 God of War edition from Walmart. Legal? No, manufacturers suggested retail price. Dude, they've they been selling it for price they want. Though. They've been selling them for five sixty on Walmart's website for the last two weeks. Yeah, but oh, the the God of War edition. When I looked at it, when the day it was delivered, because I paid four fifty eight for mine. When I looked back at their website, it was back up to over six hundred and fifty dollars. Well, it retails for five fifty. There's the Walmart's weird well, his version. Walmart's weird because yeah. their website will list third party sellers and make it look like it's a first party seller. So you can't always yeah, trust what you see on Walmart's yeah, website. They're doing that weird Amazon shit sometimes. But yeah. yeah, no, it's just it's weird because, yeah, like they keep jacking the prices back up on those. But I mean, they're available now. They are available. I did get one. I mean, I could have gotten one multiple times at both Target and GameStop. The last time I stepped on my local GameStop, they had 20 of them. <laughs> Willie, you okay yeah, there? I've still never seen one in there. the wild, but I got one on my on my uh, underneath my TV now, so I'm happy. Yeah, it's a fucking big ass console too. Right, it's it? a beast. Do you have it's yours upright or on its side? Uh, mine's laying down on its side because yeah, it yeah. doesn't fit underneath my TV. <laughs> I had to well, put mine upright so that I'd have the right airflow because I did have a core. I Wait, did have a PS5. No, no, my Xbox. Sorry. Oh. Oh, those Xboxes are a lot smaller. I've seen them both. They're not as tall in person. That's correct. Yeah, those things are like, I was surprised at how small the Xboxes were. Like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Well, see, Willie, I think you you should just get a Series S now and you can have the best of both worlds. They've had the Series S down to like 200 bucks on sale. I'm sorry. I watched the video game awards. I can just get a Samsung TV of uh, 2021 or 2022 model. I can just get the game pass on it and just have a controller. You're not wrong. And it actually works really well. You can also play it on your phone that way too, or on a tablet. So I don't, I don't need an Xbox to play Xbox games. You need an Xbox to play games that aren't part of the streaming service, but most of those are probably also on PlayStation five. Yeah. 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 All first parties are on there, aren't they? All first parties are on there. That is correct. Yeah, on the on the game game pass. game pass. Yes, yeah. sorry. That's and some of them have touch controls enabled for cell phones, so you don't even need to connect a controller to it. It actually works pretty well. Like Vampire Survivors, for instance, 
has touch controls on the phone itself. So you don't even have to connect a controller to it. You can just play via the touch controls. And Vampire Survivors, you don't need complicated buttons, so it makes it pretty easy. But I think even Gears of War 5, they did on-screen controls. I'm not sure how that one works. Hmm. Yeah, that was my thought, too. <laughs> well, Willie, I think I might end up getting Midnight Suns for Christmas. So, I mean, it you. is fun. If you like that style of gameplay, I'll definitely look it up. See, like, oh yeah, like I played Slay the Spire, Rogue Book, and all that. Mm. I love deck building games. This did is you play? Not exactly like those. Did you play Bite and Kaidos on the GameCube? Uh, no, but I know of it. I wasn't really into card building or deck building games back then. I know that was something of that. It's fun, and I still have yet to go back and look at gameplay or what it looked like. I do remember it though. Though, good luck finding a copy for cheap nowadays, evidently, because I guess it was short printed and I didn't realize it. So people are like, yeah, it's hard to find. I haven't looked it up myself, so I don't know that for a fact. But old games are old. I'm not going back and playing it. <laughs> I like the nostalgia of touching some of those. I still have my GameCube. I just need to pull it out of storage and hook it up to something if I wanted. Oh, cool. I want to play Mario Brothers, like the original Super Mario Bros. Oh, I play it for two minutes. I got it. I don't need to play anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't mind going back and playing like Rogue Squadron and stuff like that on the N64 or the GameCube. Those are fun games. They really were fun really games. Really just shitting all over things right now. I see um, how it is. The, old the games stack are of, old. The stack of PS3 games that I have over in this drawer is ridiculous. All right, I'm going to power through my news real quick. I apologize for stepping away. I had something that came up. So oh, we already quick. went through Midnight Suns and Game Awards. Go on. All right, so <laughs> quick news here. Um, I don't know if you guys had seen this week, but there was news that came out that Patty Jenkins and her treatment for Wonder Woman 3 no longer oh. happening. The original, shed this tear. the original story that Hollywood <laughs> Reporter put out made it seem like it was more of a James Gunn, Peter Safran decision. James Gunn had come out on Twitter and said, there's a lot more to this story than you guys are hearing. And then the next day, there were other sources that came out that basically said she delivered a script to DC. DC said, we don't really care for this script. It doesn't make sense. And gave her the option of redoing it or accepting some edits. And she basically said no and went home. And in fact, supposedly one of the reports says that she replied back to them with a link to the definition of character arc from Wikipedia back to them. So Wonder Woman, the third movie, not happening. Then now it sort of seems like Gal Gadot might not be coming back in the role either because she sort of posted a tweet that kind of read as a farewell to the role and saying she was excited for other stuff that was coming up. I mean, so, I hope it wasn't because of Patty Jenkins. Well, she and Patty Jenkins kind of tied their hitched their wagon together on this stuff. Yeah. Did team. Gal Gadot well, not watch Wonder Woman 84? <laughs> Did she not watch it? not, since she was in it. That shit was hot garbage. So That was all Patty Jenkins, yeah. wasn't it? Wonder Woman 3, not <laughs> happening. Patty Jenkins was attached to the Rogue Squadron movie that Disney was going to do, but I don't think that's happening anymore. So I'm not sure what her next project is. She'll get some other projects. She's a talented filmmaker, but it, it's kind of interesting. Oh, for sure. There, there's been a lot of moving and shaking at DC, and then the one that really bummed me out that it's been reported, but I haven't seen official confirmation, but multiple places are reporting this story, is that there was going to be another Batman movie featuring Michael Keaton as Batman, but it was going to be Batman Beyond. That supposedly uh, Gunn and Saffron have yeah. now canned that movie. It was going to happen. And I'm really bummed because I've been begging for a Batman Beyond movie for 15 plus years at this point in time. Still not. I mean, it's not like it never will happen. It's yes, not happening right this second. Well, they DC canned the Blue Beetle movie, and that was the first thing That's that true. James Gunn turned around on. So... But when they see that the, is this current leadership that brought that back after yeah. it was canned by previous leadership. 
Yeah. So we There's might a get difference. a Batman Beyond movie in the future. It just may not be the one that they were they were currently working on. That's true. I mean, the other thing to consider, though, is Michael Keaton's like, I've just done how many different things for you guys that you guys have canceled or have been signed on to do. So yeah. you may not get. He's got to be for pissed at him. Like, well, yeah, you know who else might Batman be... four times and none of it saw the screen. You know who else might be pissed? <laughs> and that's uh, Henry Cavill, because supposedly now Man of Steel 2 is no longer happening. If you believe what's been reported out there. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> so it still is the best Superman movie of all time. Oh, oh God. Then, then, so Henry Cavill and Dwayne the Rock Johnson made a big point of saying that he was back to play Superman and now supposedly DC is not too keen to do a Man of Steel 2. And there's other rumors going around. Again, not all of this is confirmed, but have come out of this original Hollywood reporter story that Jason Momoa may be done as Aquaman, but may oh. be involved still being Lobo, which Lobo. kind yeah, of makes sense. Of there's yeah, a, I mean he looks a lot more like Lobo than Aquaman. I'll tell you that much. Let's distance <laughs> ourselves from Amber Heard a little bit. Yeah, that mm. sounds like a good idea. Let's just recast yeah. him as Lobo. There's, Actually, yeah. So what it comes down to is there's a lot of moving and shaking coming out of uh, Safran and Gunn putting together their plan for what's going to happen with DC over, say, I think the next 10 years is what's been floated around. And if you believe the report that I saw, I think it was on Hollywood Reporter, they're supposed to meet with the Warner CEO, David Zaslov, this week to pitch their... 10 year plan or whatever it is to him for what they want to do with the characters. And assuming the CEO signs off on that, I assume we'll then start getting actual news trickled out about what this long-term plan is. It does. I mean, it's pretty confident. In, I, excuse me. I am pretty confident in saying wonder woman three with Patty Jenkins is not happening based off of what we've seen here. It sounds like Gal Gadot is out and well, yeah, I mean, and I knew there was something else big coming. I went and checked her IMDb. She's in pre-production on a Cleopatra movie where she's playing Cleopatra. And Interesting. Gal Gadot. <laughs> and she's going to be in a Disney movie because in the new Snow White, Gal Gadot is playing the evil queen. So she's literally over there making Disney money now. So she doesn't need Wonder Woman. Yeah. I mean, she has that look. I'll give it to her. I... I mean, I just I remember them talking about it. It's like, oh, there's a new Snow White coming in Gal Gadot's. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, she's playing the evil queen? Holy shit. Like, yeah, so she's making a Disney movie. Did you see any review of uh, Wonder Woman 84 that was positive? Yes. A few. How many? Not a lot. But yeah, not a lot. Yeah, it, but, no, it, she's like uh, Principal Skinner. No, it's the kids who are the it's problem. It's the kids who are wrong. Yeah. yeah. But also, don't forget, just because we're not getting Man of Steel 2 doesn't mean we're not getting a Henry Cavill Superman movie. Yeah. Like we're just not getting Man of Steel 2. Presumably. However, comma, the stuff that I was reading made it seem like that they didn't want him back as Superman to begin with. And it was only Dwayne Johnson yeah. forcing it to happen there that made it happen. And it may not continue past that. Especially when you consider the fact that Black Adam didn't make nearly as much money as was projected. And then I'm going to actually True. sort of take a shot at the rock here is there was a lot of people poking at that. And he came out and gave a tweet. He's like, no, no, we're on pace to make $50 million. I'm like, I'm not really sure you should be responding to that to be like, it's 50 million. When you think of how much money went into post-production, pre-production and advertising blitz and stuff like that. It yeah, probably should have been that. making more. Here, it, Black Adam is an all right movie, but it makes no sense when you try and put it with Shazam, like there, those characters are tied together and it makes no sense with it. It's weird. The movie I'm talking about. No, no, I'm tracking. 
I haven't seen it yet. And it oh, is I supposedly available I mean, yeah, for purchasing. Tone-wise, yeah. I, I see what you're saying there. Because, yeah, it's, yeah it's, the movie does have some issues where it's trying to, like, be like, it. some parts, it, ha- it feels like steel from the 90s. Oh, ouch. Oh, my. Like, ouch. where, like, the kid ouch. is in it. Ouch. Like, like. All right. All right. Now you're hitting kids below the here. Belt, He's skateboarding around, belt. doing skateboardy kid things, uh. being a little snot. But then <laughs> it's like, and then and then you got the rock just eviscerating people. It's like, pick a tone. Just pick one. Pick one of those tones. Don't give me both like little kitty and then just Mortal Kombat spine splitting. <laughs> like, give me one or the other, not both. That was my problems with the That movie. is the hard part about Black Adam being in the Shazam world. Is yeah, it's Billy Batson's, you know, nemesis. And yeah, the the Billy Batson comics have always been kid friendly and stuff. And then Shazam is over there, yeah, ripping people in half. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it is, it is a tone problem for sure to mix those two. But I mean, I don't think DC's ever going to turn down a movie that they can put the Rock in because like that's just money. It's no. not making as much as they wanted, but it's still making money. And they're going to sell toys, and it's going to, you know, there'll be merchandise. There'll be Black Adam t-shirts forever now. What do you mean I got to get a solid a solid silver jacuzzi? I wanted a solid gold jacuzzi. Yeah, well. Sorry, Willie. Complaints, complaints. Whining. It's like fucking uh, like the South Park making fun of Lars Ulrich. You know, well, that was all the time. Yeah, they're making fun of you when they went after Napster back in the... Was that two thousand? Mm. God, we're dating yeah. ourselves there. <laughs> yeah, that's some old school shit. Oh yeah. Let me let me cry into my millions of dollars without not having millions more. Tell us how you really feel, Willie. Lars Ulrich, you're a bitch. Wow. <laughs> I'd arm wrestle you. That's what I had for my news, though. I'm gonna toss things over to Bachman. Sorry, I have powered through it. That works. All right, so. We've got, I got massive news this week for me for, I mean, I got, I got news that affects my tattoo game. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about the sigil, the white and the eye, the crimson King. Uh, for those that weren't paying attention this week, there was an announcement. Um, we'd already heard that Mike Flanagan's midnight club had been canceled at Netflix. And so that's not going forward. Um, sadly, it was it trying to remember his partner's name. Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy. So, yeah, so they've been working together. Uh, their studio is called Intrepid Pictures. They've done a bunch of different projects over at Netflix. Um, we had The Haunting. We got Midnight Mass. They got um, The Midnight Club. We're about to get uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, which I guess is another uh, like HP Lovecraft-inspired show. Um, after the cancellation of this, they didn't, they're not going forward with the second season of The Midnight Club. The House of the... The Fall of the House of Usher, like that title, is tough Isn't for me. Isn't that uh, Edgar Allan Poe? Oh wait, no, oh, that's right. Yeah, that one's Poe. That they they've had they've done Poe stuff. They've done H.P. Lovecraft stuff. They they're they're pulling from all sorts of awesome sources, but uh, they're yeah, they're not awesome. moving forward with anything else at Netflix. They're ending their overall deal with Netflix, and apparently they've already signed a new overall deal for Intrepid Pictures to go work for Amazon Studios, who is trying to get more into the fantasy game. And, you know, as we saw, they threw a couple hundred million dollars at a Lord of the Rings series. And I think we we would all agree are fairly disappointed in the results because it looks pretty. 
And I'm not really a fan of Lord of the Rings myself. Like I've seen all the movies. I watched. I never the read whole, the books, but I mean, I watched the whole it. series, and that's the best thing I can tell you about that Lord of the Rings show. Is it looks pretty, like a whole season and like zero character development, as Patty Jenkins would mention. And there's like you know one or two cool characters, and it just feel, felt like a giant letdown. And so, but Amazon is trying to dig in there. You know, like HBO's over here making Game of Thrones money. Amazon wants to be making that fantasy world money. And so um, Mike Flanagan, Trevor Macy put a, together a treatment and they sent it off to possibly the most well-known writer in the world to see if he would sign off on it. He did. And so they took their idea to Amazon and they are moving forward with possibly a five season TV show followed up by two movies. Wow. Interpretation of Dark Tower from Stephen King. And yeah, I did in the article from Deadline, it was great because they, Mike Flanagan said like the first thing they did was he sent his treatment to Stephen King and said, are you cool with this? Because if not, I'm not going forward with it. For those that don't know, Mike Flanagan also did a little movie called Gerald's Game, which for Netflix and a lot of people thought was an unfilmable movie because the book is about a woman who goes out to a cabin with her somewhat abusive husband. They get into kind of a sex game where she gets handcuffed to the bed and then he has a heart attack and dies. And then the rest of the book is her on that bed trying to escape because they're like out in the woods off season. And it's just, and there's another crazy supernatural aspect to it because it's Stephen King. Most people considered it an unfilmable movie. And not only did they do it, but they did it well. Gerald's game was really well done. It was well adapted. And then um, Flanagan also did Dr. Sleep which was an impossible sequel to not only Stephen King's book, but the Shining movie. Dr. Sleep is actually a sequel to both, which if you even try to think about that, doesn't make any sense. And he still made it work. Like it works as a sequel to both what Stephen King loved about his book and the, the movie that he famously dislikes because he doesn't like what uh, Kubrick did with his, with his book making, you know, the in The Shining, Stephen King's kind of the husband character, or that was kind of his representation in the book. And then in the book, there's kind of like some hope and like there's a fall off as Jack goes to madness. And then in the movie, well, it's Jack Nicholson. So he starts at 11 and he turns it up to 13 by the end. Like there's no real kind of like amping up. Like he's just crazy from the get go. But yeah, Flanagan's already tackled things that seem to be impossible to put on film. And as we've also seen, and Willie has mentioned, they did a Dark Tower movie. They tried to shove like eight books worth of storytelling into one film. <laughs> Way too much stuff into one movie. Yeah, and they did it very poorly. There's good aspects of it. If you are a huge fan of the Dark Tower series and you've read the last part of the last book, after Stephen King tells you to stop reading, if you're happy, there is literally a page in the eighth book where it says... Dear constant reader, if you're happy right now, stop reading, close the book, you're good. You don't need the last 50 pages. Most of us, I'm pretty sure that are fans of The Dark Tower, have read those last like 50 pages. And it lets you know that basically there's versions of this story. Roland has searched for The Dark Tower and reached it possibly thousands of times. And so 
you can kind of look at that one movie and go, okay, well, that was like the 432nd time that Roland tried to reach the tower. It wasn't the best story, but that's one of them. And so it kind of gives you like this what if Elseworlds version of the story where Roland is always searching for the tower over and over and over again until he gets it right. So it's almost like this character is in purgatory redoing the same adventure over and over again, losing the same people, dealing with these awful events in his life over and over and over again to save all reality because that's his burden. That's Roland's burden is to keep searching, keep going for the tower, keep trying to save all of reality and just dealing with you know, all of that over and over again. So we now have a new version where apparently like Flanagan like flat out wrote like he shared in interviews where is that his vision for the opening shot a black screen with the words and like I literally have it tattooed on my forearm the man in black fled across the desert and the guns wait which way there it is man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed like I have that Times New Roman on my forearm that's what like Flanagan wants to see is just the opening shot is a black screen and that text because it's the first sentence of the Dark Tower, and that sentence is very important. I mean, at this point, fuck it, spoilers. It's also the last sentence of the Dark Tower. So what you find out at the end of the last book is Roland walks through the door, and then the last sentence is the man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. Roland is basically in, like, kind of a loop until he gets it right. And so the idea of that being like the big text on the screen, that being like, you know, the, the star Wars crawl, like that moment, the fact that they didn't have that in the dark tower movie. It's like, you guys uh, miss kind of like the important, like a lot of the, well, they miss a lot of the important parts. Uh, Bachman, I'm going to, uh, let me uh, add some weight to that uh, thing to you. When was the gunslinger first written? Well, technically, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Published or written. You you know what I mean? Just just Stephen King when did it come out? Writing, Stephen King started writing the Gunslinger in high school. Well, when did it come out? When the first uh, book came out? That's all that matters. The original publication date? Like seventy eight or seventy nine or something? I right? think so. I think the very first edition of the Gunslinger. But what um, I'm trying to get at is when yeah, was the last book come out? That's why I'm trying to get the gap between the first and last book. That's why I'm trying to get you to say. Let's see, dark. I got to look up the Dark Tower How? series to get the dates. It's, it was like it's 2000. Over, it's over four years. 2007. It's it's over 40 years for sure. So let me see the Dark Tower. 40 years. Well, I mean, because he started. Yeah, because I think the first one was yeah 78 or 79, and then the very last one. Let's see. Okay. Publication dates for the books. Okay, so the Dark Tower, book seven, the Dark Tower, came out in 2004. The Gunslinger is listed as 1982. Okay, there it is. Uh, so we're looking at 22 years. God, it seems like it was way longer in between. Well, no, but that's what I was getting at. It was like, you know, it came out like, you know, like when, well, yeah. around when I was born. And then, it, then the last one came out when I was like somewhere in my 20s. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's a it's a series that he worked on for a very long time. Literally, he started writing like the first draft of it was something he wrote in high school. Um, the original Gunslinger book, it's literally he was watching like Sergio. He had grown up reading Lord of the Rings. And as he was watching the Sergio Leone movies in the, his local cinema, seeing like, you know, Clint Eastwood, 10 stories tall, you know, this giant badass gunslinger. He had this concept in his head of like that type of gunslinger character going through a fantasy world like the Lord of the Rings. 
and it just clicked in his head and he started writing the gunslinger the dark tower series in his head when he was like 16 17 and so this is a concept that's been with stephen king almost his entire life he actually got yeah the first book didn't get published till 82 but i think yeah he said he wrote the first draft of gunslinger i think in high school so like it's a book he's been working on forever and then he put out wizard in glass in 97 and then that's when he had his accident where he got uh, hit by the car and was in the hospitalized and almost died. And apparently like the number one piece of fan mail he got while he was in the hospital was like, you can't die without telling us what happens to Roland. Does he reach the tower? And I'm talking like tens of thousands of letters, like elderly people writing him saying, I'm going to die. I'm like 96 and I need to know if Roland reaches the tower. Like he got lots of these letters. And so he actually sat down and wrote um, the Dark Tower 5, The Wolves of Kala, Dark Tower 6, The Son of Susanna, and The Dark Tower 7, The Dark Tower, all at the same time, and tried to get his publisher to publish them all at once. And his publisher's like, no, we would lose so much money if we put out three books like at the same time. And so I think the last three came out within six-month increments. So it's, yeah, 2003, 2004, and then 2004. So over the court, within a two-year span, the last three books were published because they talked him into, like, at least give us six months in between so we can, you know, build up to the next book, build up to the next book, sell some more copies. Yeah, what they don't tell you is it took him 20 minutes to write those three books. <laughs> the, the man can write. Exactly. The man can write. Like, there's there's a hundred different stories that he's told where the main character of his story there's is an author that has a bank vault somewhere with books hidden away so that when they hit a writer's block, they can just turn in manuscripts. And because Stephen King has told that character, put that character in so many of his stories, almost all of his... All of his fans, all the constant readers believe that, yeah, somewhere there's a there's a storage locker that Stephen King's got that's got probably 500 novels sitting in it that he's written that he just hasn't turned into his his uh, publisher because he's written that character trait too often in his books for it to not be something that he's done because so many of the main characters in his stories are authors and so many of the characters in his stories have dealt with the issues he's dealt with. You know, with, you know, being a father, dealing with his children, his marriage, his drug and alcohol abuse. Like, Stephen King's gone through some shit over the decades, and he's put a lot of that into the characters. There, There's a bank vault somewhere that's just got manuscripts piled up, and it's all the shit he's written. And his publisher is just wondering, like, if he dies, can we get in there? Is Tabitha <laughs> going to give us the key? But in the meantime, Flanagan did send all of this off. He sent it over to Stephen King, the idea, the treatment of what him and Trevor Macy want to do. And apparently Stephen King was like, yeah, that's cool. I, I like the idea. Go for it. And so Trevor Macy and Mike Flanagan have a deal with Amazon. And the current idea right now, again, we heard this before, because at one point Ron Howard was going to do a bookend series of movies. Where you're going to get a movie, like three to four years of TV on HBO, and then a final movie. And so the idea currently from what we're seeing in the deadline article is five seasons of television leading up to a pair of films that will end the story, which is it's a lot. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about locking. Uh, there's, you know, Jake chambers is a child in the storyline. You're talking about Eddie Dean, someone in their early twenties. Um, and then a Roland type character. So someone that has to look like a grizzled gunslinger at the start of the series. And then if you're doing five years of television and two movies, you're locking these people in for 10-year contracts. So you've got to get, you know, you have to film so fast to get a child actor to do five seasons of television and not, I mean, mm. look at what happened with Chandler Riggs 
where like he's still supposed to be 12, like the last season that he's in The Walking Dead, and he's shaving between every scene because the kid's like 18 now. And so when you're having a child actor going into something that's going to be this long, that's going to take this long to film, how much filming can you get with that kid before they look older than they were at the start in a way that makes sense in the story? That's easy. Just age age the character up like to 15. I was saying, yeah. I mean, look but, at but Tom Holland. But he, yeah, it's, he can play 15. <laughs> exactly. But I would say it's something they have to address. It's you know, there's lots of things in there, and then also there's if you're a fan of the books, especially with the drawing of the three, there is a racist character in the books who hates white people, and oh. so that is something that they have to be aware of if they're pulling in the character of Susanna when you cast Roland. They, there was a difference. Like everybody's like, oh, Idris Elba. Well, that kind of throws off some of the storytelling. Which, you know, it ends up not being addressed because, well, they never did a sequel. And so he never, Idris Elba never had the drawing of the three. He never got his quartet. He never got his group that he goes on it as his adventure with. But when you read the books, like, that's a big part of this one character's character arc because there's a character that has a multiple personalities. One of those, one of those personalities hates white people. And in the books, Roland is a white guy. And so... Is that something that's like, are they going well, to address that? If they're going the to books, address it, how are they going to address Roland it? Roland is Clint Eastwood. Well, yeah, in the books, Roland is basically Clint <laughs> <Not> Eastwood. Not literally, <laughs> but he he, is literally, he's Clint well, Eastwood. He's not just Clint Eastwood. He's the descendant of King Arthur in the body of Clint Eastwood, and he's an, yeah, an unkillable, unstoppable force for good that will sacrifice anything to get to the... He is the embodiment of... You know, for the greater good. If everybody dies along the way, but then I say reality, it's okay if everybody dies along the way, good and bad people. The whole Dark Tower series of what get was what <laughs> gave me, and this is for the video listener or watchers, the the whole spinning the fingers, like, come on, let's get it going. <laughs> like he always does that. He always mentions that, like, yeah, he's spinning, yeah. like, come on, yeah, rolling doing the without saying like, anything. Yeah. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's but, get I mean, to the yeah, point. there's. There, there's so much in these books. If you've read them, I mean, it's the the main the main books is there's seven books in the main series. There's a previous uh, book called the what is it? The Sisters of Illyria. Oh, there's yeah, the Dark story. Tower, the Wind in the Keyhole, Never which is a, kind of a middle book that takes place in the the center of it. And then uh, for those that are unaware, Stephen King's Dark Tower it takes place on another planet that's basically the the center point of the Stephen King universe so it references everything like you see a 1957 Plymouth Fury in one of the scenes in the Dark Tower books there's like the pharmacy from Cujo the they they end up in Derry at one point and run into a couple of teenage kids that are about to go fight a clown like everything comes to the Dark Tower it is the literal and mythological center point of Stephen King's universe of all of his stories there's a character that shows up in the fourth fourth book fifth book that is uh straight out of salem's lot oh yeah and so like there is it's all about crossover the dark tower series is like the gunslinger is the main character that hunts the man in black and if you're a constant reader if you're a fan of stephen king you know that randall flag the man in black it's his embodiment of evil it's the bad guy he just comes back from Oh, he's from everything. He's from The Stand. Yeah, he's from freaking... Yeah, I mean, The Stand's the best one, but he's from The Stand. He's from Eyes of the Dragon. Randall Flagg is everywhere and and is all things evil. But yeah, like, this this is the centerpiece. Like, it connects to all the Stephen King... All Stephen King stories, basically. 
have some type of connection to the Dark Tower, whether you know it or not. And so this is like it's the hub world. This is the MCU. This is the overarching story that covers everything for Stephen King. And so the fact that like Mike Flanagan, the guy who's like, oh, I can film the unfilmable movie. <laughs> I can make the un uncreatable sequel. OK, I'm going to tackle the project that has been tried multiple times. And I mean, I would say all but one instance completely failed. And the one instance that was all the way to fruition wasn't what people were hoping for. And so the fact that that's what he wants to tackle, that's what him and his company are going for. He's like, oh, no, we're going to do the Dark Tower and we're going to do it right. I can't think of a better creative team to do this. And I don't know if I've ever been more excited for anything possibly coming to TV because this could be. I mean, it could be a huge flop. It could be the big swing and a miss. It could be the first thing that Mike Flanagan fails at because it's the Dark Tower. It's a big swing. It's tough. This to is do. stepping up. This is stepping up to the plate and saying, I'm not going to just hit a home run. I'm going to hit a grand slam home run to win the World Series because it's all or nothing. Either it's going to be great or it's going to be an epic failure. And I love that Mike Flanagan has the balls to try it. And so, yeah, I'm super excited. Who knows how long it's going to be before we get casting news or anything else. But I mean, yeah, they, the Mike Flanagan's Intrepid Pictures has left Netflix. They now have an overall deal with Amazon. So the first project is the Dark Tower, which that could be they could be working for Amazon for the next 10 to 20 years, depending on how this goes. Because, you know, if it's five series of TV, if that's what we get five seasons, how long do they actually film that one year at a time and then put them out one year at a time? Does it take like some of these shows where you film a season and then you put it out and then it takes two years before we get back into it with the second season with some of these shows? I mean, who knows? But there's so much for them to draw from. The idea of getting five seasons of television from this is awesome because one of the worst things we got was the fact that they tried the Dark Tower movie should have just been the gunslinger. It should have just been the very first story. Don't reach. Don't try to bring in shit from book seven when you're doing your first movie. And so the fact that like, no, they can say, hey, we're starting at season one. Let's tell the first story of Roland and like get everybody into it and then move forward. Because like they could basically the first season of television could easily be the gunslinger and the drawing of the three. And by the end of the first season, you have Roland and his group going after the tower. That's all you need. It's so simple because you'll get to the other stuff if Amazon's throwing this money at it. And then it's just a question of does Amazon, you know, hold true and actually do five seasons of television if the ratings aren't that great for the first season? Are we going to get more, you know, Lord of the Rings where Rings of Power doesn't seem to be doing that well, but they spent umpteen billion dollars to get the rights and to pay for that show. So it's a question now, like what Amazon does going forward as they try to build up their fantasy library. Wheels of Time was great. I can't wait for the next season of that. I watched all the Rings of Power, and eh, I don't think I would turn in for a season two. But we're getting Dark Tower. I'm going to watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> they are going to get clicks from me, because that shit's going to be on the loop on my TV. Yeah, I'm super excited, and damn, I cannot wait. Now, uh, more Roland. Who's going to be the new gunslinger? That's the real question. Because, yeah, someone's signing on to do five seasons of television and a movie, as a badass, that's who I want. <laughs> as a as a badass, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood esque gunslinger that spins, you know, magical revolvers and chases down wizards and shoots them, like Nathan Fillion. They, I'll be, I, 
He could do it. He could. I wouldn't be against Nathan Fillion. He's, he's already he's done a cowboy in Firefly. Space cowboy. Yeah. We need a little less. A little less right. cheese, though. He can't. There, uh... You know, we're we're a Captain Hammer. He got to turn up the cheese. He'd have to turn the cheese down. The hammer Nathan is Fillion, my penis. Yeah, Nathan Fillion is good with the cheese, but oh, That's that, the I'm line. still looking forward to this. Like, it's gonna be. Cheese. Oh. Looking we in the chat room. The, uh, ran- ever Random Rook Review had said, LOL, Rings of Power. I made it 15 minutes before I had to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the fiance, she watched watch it with it. me, and she's like, I think she fell asleep at one point. She's like, it's nothing happens. Like, it feels like it's one of those shows, an entire season of television, an entire season of storytelling, and it feels like nothing happened. Like, that's, there's just, they're missing something in there. Because, like, I talk shit about the Lord of the Rings movies, but something happened in them besides walking trees but like i mean there were events and things happened and the story progressed and it doesn't feel like that happened with the with the rings of power it felt like i watched eight hours of television of a bunch of people talking and nothing happened which is just it's such a letdown it was pretty i mean that's the one i can think it was pretty i'm not spending eight hours to watch something just because it's pretty yeah fantasy is always a hard sell for me so the rings of power was never very interesting my wife who loves lord of the rings looked at it and went yeah, I'll wait for reviews. The reviews came out, and she's like, oh, "I don't care. I'm not watching it." Yeah, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not going back when they do. If they do season two, I'm not going back for it because mm. I wager they've invested yeah. enough that they're probably going to end up doing it. But that's just me hazarding a guess. I have no idea. And with the amount of money they spent, you kind of think they have to at this point. Uh, that, that's sort of my thought. But again, yeah, who, who knows? Billionaires do what billionaires do. True. But yeah. So the Dark Tower is coming. The man in black is flooding, flooding across the desert, and the gunslinger is following him. Oh yeah. Well, are you saying you'd be a Bond villain? If yeah. more like you'd be an Austin Powers villain. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? Was that supposed to be mm. your Doctor Evil? No, it's uh, no homage to him. <laughs> right. It's kind of going a little way of him from Power of Girls. Really, just wants a codpiece made out of. Gold. I, I wouldn't want to wear a cod piece. Gold's yes, a pretty soft would. metal. I don't know if you want a cod piece made out of gold. Cod piece don't cod pieces don't look like they're comfortable to wear. And I want to be comfortable. I'm a billionaire. I can pay for comfort. Yeah, you wouldn't want your jewels resting in a gold cod Here, piece. I'm in pajamas. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I've already have a billion dollars. <laughs> what do I care what you think of me? Fair. A billion dollars, it'd be hard to get me out of sweatpants. I'm just saying. Look, Time I, to be comfy. I only you get out Hefner, of Hefner, baby. He had the right idea. I only get out of my sweatpants to put on shorts when the summer gets here. Right now, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Maximum comfort. That being said, we are going to start wrapping things up. And how we do that is our final segment of the show, a bit called "What I'm Into." It's when we share with you guys watching live or listening at a later date the geeky and nerdy things we've been getting into because you may want to go check them out yourselves. As for me, I'll kick things off because it's a relatively short list of things. I've been playing a boatload of Marvel Snap. I still love that game. I'm having a bunch of fun with it. I have my concerns over the price of things they've added to the game. Uh, Willie, I know you haven't been playing a ton of it lately, but did you see that they added like that apocalypse pack that's the equivalent of like 80 bucks? To get stuff, and then there's a rogue and gambit pack for thirty. That's bucks. the one that worries me. Yeah, for what? What do you get for thirty dollars? You, you don't. Oh, the whale packs. You get two cards. So the apocalypse one's not terrible when you look at the gold and the credits you get. If you wanted to spend a hundred bucks, you sort of get your return. The rogue and gambit thing, 
I don't really see how you get your 30 bucks out of it. Yeah, when I saw that, all, all I saw was like, oh, the, the X-Men cartoon variants. Oh, that's kind of cool. It, oh, how much is that? I didn't even care about what you got. I don't even care about the credits or the gold, whatever else you get with yeah. it. I don't give a fuck about any of that. The variants is what I care about. And then I saw $30. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, this game kind of... fuck your own mothers. They kind of got me with the first taste is free thing. Because, like, that Captain America new user thing was, what, like, two fifty, three ninety nine, I believe. Which was... All right. That's all right. Yeah, I had no problem with that. And I have had no problem with the season passes at this point because I felt like I've gotten $10 of fun out of them. But most of the stuff that has been additional transactions in there, I've looked at and gone, nah, man, nah, man, not for a phone slash tablet game. Yeah, that's not worth it to me. The 10 bucks, even I think the 10 bucks for the season pass is probably a bit high. Yeah, it should be five bucks. I, I think it should be five. But because then you're talking 60 bucks a year versus 120. Especially, well, especially if now that they've added in the tokens. Well, especially now in the season pass, you're getting credits, yeah. tokens, gold. Like it's now that they're whaling with some of those big packets out there. Yeah. I don't think the season pass should be that price. So I know I've said I sound like a broken record. I kind of bought this season pass just based off of repetition. I'd done it before. I probably shouldn't have in hindsight once I started playing it. So I don't know that I'll be buying the next season pass unless it's really something cool that I really want to have for Dex Energy. I've liked the token edition they've put in there, though, because everyone pretty much got 3,000 tokens and you could buy certain cards. They recycle every eight hours a card you can buy for tokens. I've bought two. I bought Wong for 1,000 tokens and built a deck around that, and it's been a lot of fun. And I just got, before this show started, the Invisible Woman for 1,000 tokens. And both of those I thought was relatively decent, but here's the thing. As you open collector caches, you get a hundred to- collector tokens. It take it will take fucking forever, yeah, to be able to get tokens going forward. And I'm not gonna buy the whale packs. I don't care I about do this love, game enough to do that. I do love the pinning feature though. That yes. pinning feature is fantastic. Where if you're not sure if you want to buy it, you can pin the token card and it stays there instead of cycling. Because I'll be honest, I keep shaking it every eight hours, waiting for Venom to show up. I'm like, I need Venom's gonna be one... three thousand or more, probably. Probably, but I haven't bought any of them yet, so I have my, I have like thirty two hundred no, or Venom's whatever. Be a thousand. He's only a thousand. Oh, well then I would do no, it for a thousand. Everything in pool three is a thousand. Okay, it's a thousand. All right, that's not bad. Yeah, like, pool I, I do, four I love and that... five, that's where yeah. you go up in price. Gotcha. The pool three, which because I have Venom, Venom's yeah. a pool three. But the pinning, the pinning option is awesome for that little token card thing. That is a cool, a yeah. cool feature they put in. Random oh, review yeah, has. Random Rick, Re- Random Rick review has said 30 bucks. Yeah, I guess I won't be going back to it as I'm sure the power is creeping the game already. Actually, I think it's pretty balanced right now. There's a counter yeah. for everything. And right now yeah. the game metas, a lot of people like to do the Wong on reveal stuff, but you can beat that with an Enchantress or a Cosmo pretty easily. That's why I wanted the Invisible Woman because I could hide the fact of what I was doing. The amount no. of people I made retreat with Cosmo. I yeah, fucking yeah. love. <laughs> so the, the game is still pretty balanced. The power creep hasn't been terrible and how they're doing their matchmaking for the most part has been pretty decent, but you can definitely see what the current game meta is because you'll see a lot of repeated decks of the same kind of thing. And like, for instance, the infinite deck, I don't see that very often anymore. Someone actually dropped an infinite the other day and I was like, Holy crap. I hadn't seen an infinite in like a week because I wasn't looking for it because they didn't follow the traditional model of dropping a sunspot out there and, and charging it up. And I was like, oh, that's why I didn't see this one coming. And it probably was in that deck. He just didn't get it pulled. <laughs> I mean, that could be too. They did not have a deck I would have had an infinite for. 
they did have a Jubilee in the deck, and I I don't think it was a well-made deck. I think they just got lucky because they dropped a Jubilee and it dropped a Killmonger on the field for them. It didn't do anything to me because I didn't have any one cards out there. But I was like, mm. okay, I wonder what they're trying to do with this one. It evidently was trying to pull the Infinaut with Jubilee, which I don't think is great strategy based off of your odds of that happening. Because they didn't have any of the other stuff in there I would normally see in an Infinaut deck. But Infinaut's a variant in this season pass, so I would assume that there's going to be a lot more people playing that Infinaut deck as we get near the end of the season. That's yeah, beatable, too. the season too. pass, I did not get. I doubt I will get, because I don't really care about... That's fair. ...about uh, Silver Surfer and his ability. Like, Black Panther was cool. Uh, uh, yeah, Miles Panther's Miles awesome. It's all right. I mostly, if I do get it, it's for the variants. Like, the guaranteed variants in the so season pass. I will say this. The Silver Surfer, assuming you can build the right deck around it, is actually a pretty cool card. Because there's a lot of yeah. cool three power cards, and you basically add plus three to all your three power cards when you drop the silver, the silver, silver surfer. Excuse me. Nor in rad. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you blah, 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 blah. if you drop them on say a Wolfsbane or a Captain America or things over there that have already amped up because of it, or a Punisher, it actually makes Punisher useful in the current meta of the game. Punisher is not that useful, but if you pair him with Silver Surfer, Punisher becomes far more compelling. I've won a couple of matches with my surfer deck, and mm -hmm. it's still not perfectly balanced because I, I put way too many three power cards in That's it. That's my problem. But, yeah. When, when can I challenge my friends? That is yeah. what I'm looking forward to is once yeah, they have that, that in there. They said before soon. the end of the year, didn't they? That's what they had said at one point. And they did just win game of the year, and they promised us something good if no, they won no, game no, of no, the no, year. No, 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 mobile no, no, game no, no, of the year. They did win game of the year. It was mobile game of the year or whatever it was. Okay, there yeah. you go. I misspoke. I fixed it. That's Elden Ring. And then or, uh, what was the other thing I've been getting into? I didn't play any Pokemon this week because I touched on it in the show. I'm just kind of burnt out on it being boring and repetitious. I wanted more Arceus and I didn't get more Arceus is what it comes down to. <laughs> and I have been continuing to play Vampire Survivors because that's just a fun game I can pick up and play for 10, 15 minutes at a time on my phone or up on my Xbox. I like it. It's fun. I have stupid fun with it. But that's what I've been getting into. Bachman, why don't you go next? What you been getting into? Uh, I finally got to read through my Charlie Adlar Droids and Sketches book, which was fantastic. The Most people would know him as the main artist on The Walking Dead from issue 6 to 144. So he's not the start, not the first artist, but the guy that did most of it. Yeah, really cool book. Just sketches, layouts, a bunch of stuff he's worked on. Uh, it was really good to read. And just, yeah, the artwork in it is fantastic. Um, you can get copies of it on Amazon for like 10 bucks. It's a pretty cheap book. It's it's worth getting. It's, it's, it's a little small, which is kind of weird for an art book, but it's really good. Um, we've been playing some, a little bit of DVD with the Bone Chill event, which has been okay. Uh, jump back into Fortnite because now we have working PlayStations in the living room and Den again. And so that's been awesome because the, the R2 button had just stopped working on my old Darth Vader PlayStation and no matter what we did, could not get that button to work on any controller on that PlayStation. And so it makes it kind of hard to play games like Fortnite where, you know, you, you, that's where your trigger is. And, you know, moving buttons around is just a pain in all sorts of different games. So it's been awesome because, yeah, Jana's been super happy. She can play DVD again with all of the buttons. And so she didn't have to, had to unset all of her controller settings and redo everything. Um, and then while she's been playing the Disney Dream Valley game, I've been playing some God of War. I finished the first, uh, I just did the story mode on the God of War 2018. And so got through that game and found out about Loki, which was kind of cool. 
and then I just fired up my uh, yeah my new my new pretty machine, and so I got my PS5, which is yeah this controller is badass. Uh, yeah, play uh, fired this sucker up, and yeah, I, I downloaded, got everything moved over, and so I've got uh, Miles Morales PS5 ready to play. I went through like the intro scene of that with the with the Rhino, and then yeah, started God of War. I did an hour or so last night, and just I got to the point. Uh, I I fought Thor, and yeah, you know, talk about just pretty. Like Willie was talking about earlier, like you end up uh, throwing your ice axe against Mjolnir in the fight. And so you freeze a lightning strike as it's coming down. And so then after the fight, you can like step back and look up and there's just a lightning bolt frozen in the sky. And it's maybe one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a video game. Uh, I do want to expand upon it. It's it's not frozen in place. It is encased in ice. Yeah, it's encased in ice. And so, yeah, (laughs) so you have a lightning strike that's basically still, the electricity is still moving in it. And so it's like, yeah, it's weird because it's almost kind of paused, but it, it's like the lightning strikes continuously happening. But yeah, it's encased in ice, and it's just so, so pretty. The whole start of that game is just awesome. And yeah, like, this is what I'm looking forward to. The only thing that's throwing me off is I got so used to, I love the fact that you can, uh, Willie was telling me about it, The there's a feature you can turn on where you stomp on the health crystals that are near you instead of having to stop what you're doing and hit a button to pick up health, which I just thought was a dumb design in the first game. But what's bugging me is I spent so much time in the first game where the enemies always try to surround Kratos and you could hit down and he would just do a 180 and then turn around and fight the person behind him. Well, now in God of War Ragnarok, I hit down and I put my axe away. And so I'll go to fight somebody and then I see the arrow like someone's about to attack me from behind and I keep putting my axe away and get hit in the back of that. It's like, oh, okay, um, that's a game. If you want to do that, that's I think it's holding shield and then pressing there's some button i can't remember it's a button combo now oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to hold I it and that does that out, 180 cause... i did it by accident i was like yeah. oh i i, I never use it because i don't care about it i just rotate yeah. but it's the only thing that's bugging because i just got so used to doing it and it was such a cool feature that you could just spin 180 real quick and fight in the last game and so it just bugged me because i'm like what why do i keep putting my gut my weapon away and then i went and looked at the game controls it's like oh yeah down now is now just you know sheath your axe i was like well Dang it. Okay, that's annoying. It, but other than that, it's a beautiful game. And yeah, the fight with Thor, holy moly. Well, I should say the first fight with Thor, because I'm assuming there's probably another one later on. But yeah, the uh, the fight with Balder in God of War 2018 was amazing, both of them. The the start of God of War Ragnarok, that the fight with Thor and the way they designed Thor is so cool. Um, the way they designed Odin is badass. Like I love the designs in this game. All the artists they've had working on it, that's so, so well done. And then, yeah, we uh, because we have two working PlayStations again, we've been playing Fortnite. And so we got a nephew that loves Fortnite. We hop back into that. And it's just fun because, I'll be honest, I get done playing Dead by Daylight most of the times. I'm aggravated, either by how the killer played or how the other survivors played. And I don't have as much fun with that game as I used to. So I've been playing it a lot less. I get done with Fortnite, and like I have stupid songs in my head, and I'm in a good mood. When, win or lose, I almost always seem to have fun playing that game. And so it's just interesting to see what they do with it. They've done so much to change that game and update it. And yeah, like 80% of everything in Fortnite has been copied or stolen from another game. They're not really innovators. Everything about Fortnite is taken from somewhere else and then put in a cartoon spin and then Epic sells it. It's what they do. 
but they do that really well and they keep the game fresh. And so we're hopping back in now and there's dirt bikes added in. Um, the end of this battle pass, the character you're waiting to unlock in the bonus levels is Geralt of Rivera. And so you can see that you're going to get like the human version of him in the first five like unlocks in the season pass. And so I believe what it's still covered up in question marks, but I'm betting the second version you're going to get is going to be like the Witcher version where he's white with the dark eyes. Cause they did this in the season pass two passes ago where you got Superman and then you got black suit Superman as the bonus characters at the end of the season pass. So yeah, it it's cool to see like the characters they get added in weirdly this battle pass. We looked at it and probably not going to buy it because it's a bunch of anime characters and it's a bunch of characters I don't know, but for the kids that love that stuff, it's awesome. And they keep mixing things in. And so they also threw in, um, if you're a big fan of doom, yeah, you can get the guy from doom and two versions of his suit in the battle pass. So some people are probably buying it just to play as doom the guy from Doom inside yeah, Fortnite. Doom guy. Doom guy. Yeah, Doom guy. A lot That's of people did, um, I think it was last season. I think It was so. last season, the season before they added in like the Gears of War characters and um, Master Chief and the Spartans. You can get Spartan Master Chief armor. And so there's tons of those running around in Fortnite. And it's Kratos it's just fun because, too. yeah, there's just the, the amount of characters. Like, I think Fortnite might be the only company, like Epic Games is getting close to getting the level of IP that Funko has where they just have access to almost everything. Because in Fortnite, you have Marvel characters, DC characters, Star Wars characters. I think they added Indiana Jones at one point. They've got Tom Holland from Uncharted and the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Like, the amount of IP that Epic has gotten and been able to put into Fortnite is ridiculous. They made The Rock his own character inside Fortnite. Like, it's just insane. But yeah, we're having fun with that because, yeah, I play that game, and when I'm done, I don't feel pissed off most of the time which is one of the reasons I'm not liking DVD lately because I still, yeah, that game just, it, it makes me not happy. And so I'm playing it less because that's the best way to respond to that is don't put all your energy towards something that's not making you happy. Like it's ridiculous. Um, other than that, we've been watching a bunch of movies and TV series. We watched all of Wednesday, which is fantastic. We started 1899 on um, Netflix, which is just weird. Um, and then, yeah, getting into the, the Christmas and holiday spirit, uh, yesterday we watched a Christmas story and then uh, played some video games during the day. And then after the last night before we went to bed, we watched a Christmas story Christmas, which is the only sequel to a Christmas story because yeah, no, nah, that other movie doesn't exist. That's a, that's a crystal skull bullshit movie. Yeah. A Christmas story too is like, no, those, those are movies that shouldn't have ever been made. Shouldn't have been greenlit. Shouldn't exist. But a Christmas story Christmas with the return of Ralphie is fantastic. It's super well made. Um, it, it hits all the nostalgia points, tells a nice, you know, family story. And yeah, it was just really good. I loved it. I don't know if it's one I'll watch every year at Christmas again, but I just might. It might get added to the rotation after I watch Christmas Story every year because I do watch a Christmas Story every single year. It's one of my four Christmas movies I have to watch. And so, yeah, it was it was fun to once again just, you know, see the pink bunny outfit. Cause he, he looks like a pink nightmare. Like you can't you can't beat Ralphie in the bunny suit. Like it's just terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm getting up to. Willie, why don't you finish things up for us? What you been getting into, sir? Listen, apparently Ralphie only matters if it, he, he if he's there during Christmas. If he's not there during Christmas, he can fuck right off. Right. He only Ralphie? matters if he's played by Peter Billingsley. There there is a sequel movie where it takes place during summer. It was just him. It's just that follows the character. It doesn't. He doesn't just exist during Christmas. 
He can yeah, have he a does. life outside yeah. of Christmas. Jesus he only Christ. exists during Christmas. All right, so what I've been getting into, I did have a double feature day. I forget which day it was, but I never saw Megamind. So I was like, you know what? All these people are saying, like, it's, you know, it's a great movie and all this. It was a, it was a good movie. I thought it was going to be better than what it was, but I didn't, I wasn't disparaged by it. I thought it was good. But because uh, I saw it was on Netflix, so all I did was go to Netflix and type in M to search for it. And guess what else popped up there? And I also watched it after Mastermind. What's that? Morbius. Oh, you it was Morbin time? That movie was so fucking terrible. I oh, want to no. physically attack whoever wrote it and directed it. Unless the problems with that movie is because the studio interfered. When yeah, said, no, you have to do it case. this way. If it's that, then I want to go punch the studio execs in the fucking face. Because, God damn, that movie was horrendous. There was no surprises. I'm going to... I don't... I'm spoiling the whole fucking you movie. You can't spoil as shitty as, movies. As soon as <laughs> Lucien left him after finding out... like I was like, let me guess. That vial is gone in. Lucien took a vial. Oh, look, that nurse is getting attacked. Let me guess. It's not Morbius. Like, they're trying to make you think. Let me guess. It's really Lucian. There was no twist I didn't see coming. Well, no. As soon as they gave you the slightest, like, something happening, it's like, I already know it's not. I already know what's going on. The, this movie is such shit. It was written terribly. Whoever should, whoever written that shouldn't have a job. It's junior high writing, junior high script writing 101. <laughs> it was, it, it felt like it was written by a five-year-old. Whose father was telling him, no, no, do this. Yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> and the father doesn't know shit either. That's what it felt like. <laughs> that movie should not have been made. It hurt. It physically hurt. Because I was like, I could do a better job than this. I can write a better script. I know I can direct something. And I've never, I haven't done either. But I know I can do better than that shit. It hurt so much. But I will say, positive note, that smoke effect they got in that looked fucking amazing. They got that on point. Look like them flying around in the smoke effect. Look great. Kudos to the special effects department. Special effects department. Um, other than that, play Marvel's Midnight Suns. And you already heard me talk about that enough. Um, watch the video game awards. You saw me. Uh, I already talked about that, too. Uh, once again, I'd like to nominate my Orthodox <laughs> rabbi, Bill Clinton. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Nobody I'll knows. punch that no kid in the face, knows. too, just because he made a stupid fucking joke. You got up there. Do something better. Hey, Willie, I can answer your question for you of why the script was so bad. So one of the two people listed as written by and screenplay by, two writers from Morbius. One of them's name is Matt Sazama. Guess what Matt Sazama also wrote? The Last Witch Hunter, the 2017 Power Rangers. Talk about a movie that was not well written. That was fun. And though. Gods of Egypt. Remember that uh, Gods God, of Egypt yes, movie that saw uh, nothing fucking, but white uh, people? Golden Hand himself, Lannister. Fuck, what's uh -huh. his name? As an yeah. Egyptian. And then, yeah, and then Morbius. Those are his four writing credits that he's known for. Is he? He can't be the only writer credited, can he? No, there's a second person, which I haven't looked at theirs yet. Is There can't the, only be two. Burke. This Sharpless. I'm sorry, what? Which, you heard me. I said Burke Sharpless, who's listed as a writer and producer, known for, wait for it, The Last Witch Hunter, Power Rangers, and Gods of Egypt. So apparently they're a writing duo, 
that suck. <laughs> hey, look at us turn out shit. Who are they friends with? Who could they possibly uh, the right be people, friends evidently. with? Yeah, they're 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 handing out the best handies in Hollywood apparently because they keep getting work. Yeah, because their blowjobs suck. Apparently, also did the screenplay for Dracula Untold, which actually wasn't a bad movie, just handled poorly by Universal. Yeah, but both the writing and directing in Morbius is bad. Oh, awful! Both are awful. done bad. What you mean? A Jared Leto superhero character isn't good? Mm-hmm. I'm shocked. No, you mean a Spider-Man villain movie that once again doesn't have Spider-Man or any connection to Spider-Man in it? Sucks. Anti-hero? Yeah. Not villain, but I'd say anti-hero, right? Yeah. E- either way, Jared Leto wasn't even the biggest problem. Like, he was all right. He's it was whatever. Canoe, that's the problem. It, although yeah. I can't really Captain say anything because he didn't, wasn't given anything written worth saying. It's not his fault. Yeah. The script is written so fucking terribly. Not his fault. He probably now, could have written a better could script. Could he have this. done better with a better script? I don't know. <laughs> Can't answer that. I'm not going to defend him for it or you know, say it. We don't know because it's an unknown unknown. I'll tell you this. I like his Joker better than his Morbius. I didn't like his Joker. He puts either. more effort in it. I liked his Joker. Yeah, fuck that Joker. Yeah, was, I'll it, take Gangster Joker over Incel Joker any day of the week. You screw that Joker too. <laughs> Are you getting a sequel with Lady Gaga? Oh boy! No I'm, no, I'm not. I don't really. I mean, I might see it. I'm just a little curious. I mean, I'm never going to watch that Joker movie again. But I, I mean, because it made you feel so uncomfortable. Is what? It, but it, that was what it was made to do. Oh, it I did see the what it was Joker, trying to do I won't really pay well. To see the sequel. Have fun so, giffing that uh, jerk off motion I just made there, Internet. Would be your first time, would it? <laughs> first time I wasn't getting paid. I mean, what? Nah. <laughs> you're getting paid, you're a professional. A nickel isn't getting paid, Chris. That's getting paid, Willie. Hey, money is money. That ain't game with 20 is 20, right? <laughs> financial transaction is a financial transaction. He may be cheap, but a cheap professional is still a professional. That's right. Yeah, so Morbius sucks. I think it's hilarious uh, that they lost even more money by re-releasing it again. It's because it was Morbin time, ago. man. How? When did it get? Re- was it like two months after it I got know. released? It was something bad, like that. Though. Like, what is the time frame? It's fucking ridiculous. Like, it. This hurts. This fucking hurts. The people in charge of Sony. What the fuck? Sony Pictures or Columbia, whatever the fuck it is. It fucking hurts. I mean, you guys are wrong. doing terrible decisions. Hire mm. me. I make better decisions for you because you guys ain't doing shit. There's just, some box you, office news that's kind of funny, though. You're hiring your best friends to, to do hand jobs for you. When it comes to bad decisions, guess what made more money than Strange World this weekend? What is Strange World? Strange World's that Disney movie that no one's heard of. Oh, yeah. What? Exactly. No I don't know what Strange out. World exactly. is. So there's a Disney movie in the theaters that's projected to make another $5.1 this weekend in the third slot. So not a big deal that Black Panther Wakanda Forever's beating it in the number one slot. But in the number two slot, Violent Night. Is set to make thirteen million this weekend. Oh, that's out! I forgot that's out. I need to go see that. A David Harbor violent Santa Claus movie is making more money than a Disney movie that they forgot to uh, advertise. <laughs> hey, uh, people awesome. who have money in Sony, hire me, and I do better than those fucking jerk off execs you got up there. A hundred percent. Well, 
Tell us how you. I really can't do it. worse, can I? I can't Don't. re-release Morbius, can I? <laughs> Fucking morons. They might let you if you asked. <laughs> Fucking moron. Fucking hurts so bad. This is why I don't give a fuck about this world. It's already fucked. That, that's why he doesn't this, care. This is why? Well, I mean, it's part of the overall reason. There's, gotcha. there's so many go- <laughs> there's so many fingers holding on to that globe. Morbius is hate. why. We blame so Morbius. many others. <laughs> well, Willie. So, yeah, I'm done. Just fucking end this shit. I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done. Oh, oh Willie, out of his misery. On that I'll note, see you guys later. Fuck off. On that note, we're going to shut things down. Uh, Willie is uh, having a moment right now. But before we do shut things down, a friendly reminder, we stream this show live every Sunday right now at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Stay tuned for changes in that schedule as we go on. Uh, you can find us when we stream live over at www.geeks.live. Um, I lost my train of thought. Is there anything else I was going to add? Willie's gone, as you can see. He, he turned off yeah. his camera. He's, he's done. But you guys have any final thoughts before we shut this down? Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Yeah, Kate Kessler's is back. Yeah, that oh. looked pretty cool. And BD1! I love BD. He's up here on my shelf. The one Lego build I chose to do of a droid. <laughs> BD one's badass. So I guess we'll shut this thing down right now and say, thank you so much for joining us and just remind everyone how much Willie Nelson loves the Morbius movie. It's his favorite movie of all time. And he wants you to should. go more about. Bye guys. Tweet him that it's Morbin time. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us, atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com, on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.